Yo, 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 what up, dogs, and welcome to the 11th episode of the Fantasy Football Dogs podcast. I'm your host, Josiah Panther, and as always, I'm here with my very good friends, Nathan McDonald. What's up, guys? And Micah Burge. We made it to the end. <laughs> yes. Yes. Made it so thank you for time. listening, everyone. Now, uh, today we are going to be covering the AFC South, a division that is has a lot of shakeup and has had a lot going on in free agency, so we'll be able to cover some of that, but... Uh, it's been about a week and a half since our last episode, and obviously there's been just so much that's happened. Um, I'm not sure we're going to be able to touch on all of it. I'm just going to kind of say the biggest things and let you guys expand on what you think is the most interesting. But uh, we got Ryan Fitzpatrick as well as uh, Curtis Samuel going to the Washington football team. Andy Dalton going to the Bears. Those are our big quarterback changes. Looks like they might be starting uh, this coming up season. Uh, we got Kenny Galladay going to the Giants. I think that's really big for the Giants. Juju going back to the Steelers on a very on an eight million dollar deal, one year deal, which is very surprising. Uh, Chris Carson staying in Seattle. That's another surprise for me. Uh, Kenyon Drake going to the Raiders, uh, which hurts my soul. We'll get into that. Uh, the Patriots signed more people in free agency than they have in the combined like past signed everybody. Yeah, Everyone. they got a uh, tight ends, wide receivers, defensive players, everything you can want. We'll uh, dive into that a little bit more. And uh, the last thing I thought was worthy of noting and uh, could be a big uh, change up for players: Corey Davis going to the Jets. Um, so. Uh, Micah, why don't you cover maybe two or three of those, dive into what you think is uh, the most intriguing to you there. Oh, mine is Fitzpatrick going to the Washington football team and Curtis Samuel being the number two receiver. Not only does that upgrade the both of them, Scary Terry just got a lot scarier. <laughs> Antonio Gibson just got a lot scarier. And maybe he's there to mentor Taylor Heineke or they draft a quarterback. The offense is a perfect position, and they just did great with both of those signings. And then there's being other wide receivers going in the league. Corey Davis going to the Jets. Big for him. He could be the number one over Denzel Mims. And then you have Nelson Aguilar going to the Patriots and getting paid a ton of money before all the other receivers sign. So maybe they overpaid. Maybe he, like, really breaks out even more on the Patriots next year. And so I'm interested to see where all these wide receivers are going to do after they've been so sought after, it seems like. If you'll let me push you real quick, um, with the Fitzpatrick signing um... – do you think that's going to be – do you think he's going to be able to sustain a starting quarterback play all season? I mean, he he struggled with that in the past. I mean, do you – I know there's been a lot of hype and a lot of people are like saying, oh, this is great for Terry, this is great for, for Samuel. But, you know, I, I'm a little bit torn. I'm not sure that it's going to be. I think it's going to be for certain games. But uh, do you, do you mm -hmm. see him sustaining and being consistent game in, game out next season? No, this is Fitzpatrick. He doesn't do that. But I like that he's going to be the guy to help Taylor Heineke or a quarterback they draft, and he can play in the meantime until they're ready. So I think that's a seamless transition that works for everyone in the offense. And he'll have like three 35-plus point games, and then he'll have like three 10-point games. So right. that's how it works with him. But uh, right. yeah, yeah I, I don't know if he'll be able to maintain starter status the whole year long, but um, – but, yeah, I have a feeling they're going to bring in, like, a younger guy or maybe a time that they are going to have learning behind him. So, I don't think it's just going to be him there. Right. No, I definitely agree there. But, yeah, Nathan, why don't you uh, dive into uh, the things that you found most interesting there? 
Yeah, really. I mean, I guess given the way they've talked about their philosophy, it's not super surprising, but I am surprised the Seahawks brought back Chris Carson. Uh, I thought they were going to let him go one because he doesn't seem like the type of back to me that you pay the money to. Uh, they paid him like seven or eight million dollars a year, but uh, and that's not bad. I mean, they really, you know, his market wasn't as high as I thought it would be. But I think it is because he's been injury prone. Uh, he has a like he has a very physical running style, but it has taken its toll on his body. So they just signed him to a two year deal. It's like 14, 15 million dollars. So not a bad deal for them. And um, yeah, I think it does keep them out of the market from getting one of these top running backs in the draft, like a lot of people thought might happen. Um, but yeah, I mean that one, the, uh, the moves that the Washington football team has made, um, the Patriots that look like they're going to be running 12 personnel all of next year. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, it's, it's clear that they're going to have both of those guys on the field as much as they can. I think John would be the guy to have as far as a fantasy perspective, he's more of the receiver and it's very clear that the contract they gave him, the fact that they signed him first, that, they really wanted that guy. So um, the fact that they added Nelson Aguilar, who's a good receiver, but it's clear that John is going to be one of the top mm-hmm. options in that offense. And Hunter Henry is going to have value too, but I think John would be the better, better tight end to have. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's going to be really interesting there. Uh, I can't remember which one of you guys texted me, but it was like, yeah, Johnny Smith tied in one for 18 hours yeah, <laughs> one day yeah like everybody they had so much hype and everybody all the johnny smith fans were like yeah he landed in a great spot and then hunter henry came and not that not that i don't think i think both of them can have value individually but certainly i think it caps the upside for either player and to a degree so um but that being said i think on the football field it it will be a great pairing and um, it'll be really interesting to see if, especially if Cam Newton's the quarterback, uh, what the Patriots offense looks like next yeah, that, season. That's a surprising signing in and of itself. Yeah. Cam yeah, Newton absolutely. Yeah. If, if anything, I should have covered that in the quarterback signings. Cause that yeah. it looks like he's projected at least for now to be the starter, unless they uh, draft somebody. Yeah. Wind up, like, getting Justin Fields and Cam Newton will like train him in new England and we'll all be sad forever. Yeah. Or yeah. One of those guys, but I, Either they know something I don't about his physicality because, like, his arm was a dead noodle at the end of last year. So I, I just, bad. I'm, I like, unless they know it's going to get better or they just have in mind, like, yeah, we're going to have him as a gap QB and going to bring in, like, one of these rookies. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what their plan is, but Cam Newton is not the long-term answer. Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Yeah, the, the couple I'd like to dive into here is uh, I like Kenny Galladay to the Giants, and here's why. Um, I kind of mentioned in one of the past couple episodes we did how a lot of times these young quarterbacks coming just come into situations where they don't have a lot of options around them, and it really does limit their chances to, to be good right away. And I think Daniel Jones has sort of been a victim of that. You know, I mean, he's had Saquon for his first season when Saquon was healthy for most of it, but – um yeah it's uh he hasn't really had much else or much other star power around him and i think kenny galladay is the best receiver he's been able to throw to since he's been in the league so um i'm not saying i think he's going to uh make it and this is gonna this this means that dan daniel jones is the next josh allen or anything but um i do think uh 
it gives me a little bit more hope to maybe maybe go with Daniel Jones as a really late quarterback two or maybe a high end quarterback three. Whereas I wasn't thinking as of him quite that way uh, before this signing. So I like that. They might also have a chance to improve their wide receiving core in the draft as well. And they also signed John Ross as well, which will be a really interesting uh, coin flip to see if he can do anything on the make field. the practice squad <laughs> right. But, right but he's but got I the do speed like, he got the speed and i do like the giants making this move because now you know if you need to move on from daniel jones or not if he can't right. do it this year with all this around him, like you move on yeah right. and it'll be interesting if they bring any competition but if it is him like whoever's under center and it looks like it's going to be him they're going to be in a much better situation this next year with the Galladay signing and with like Andrew Thomas got a really bad rap because the first several games of the season he did not play well uh, and PFF let people know it but he he really did improve greatly as the season went on Uh, PFF noted that and they had him listed as one of their biggest uh, second year breakout candidates for next year because he he really showed much more improvement. And it's hard to come in with no preseason at the hardest position on the offensive line, on an offensive line that is not good. Like no veteran, you know, studs mm-hmm. there to help you or to guide you along the way. So um, so yeah, I, I think him being better, the whole offensive line should be better. More targets, uh, Saquon hopefully being back and maintaining his health. Uh, there, there's a lot to look forward to in this Giants offense. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with you there. I thought that was an interesting signing. Um, uh, Juju was surprising to me to the Steelers, and I was really hoping he didn't go to the Steelers so I could root for somebody, root for him a lot more than, than I'm able to with him on the Steelers. But he turned down uh, more money from the Ravens and the Chiefs, which is surprising. Um, but he uh, that'll that'll be a little bit easier to project because it'll um, – you know, we've seen it before and everything with Juju being on the Steelers. And the last thing I'm going to touch on is just, uh, I am a Josh Jacobs owner. I'm a Josh Jacobs fan. It is a sad day for us with the Kenyon Drake signing. <laughs> it really does sting. Um, look, I don't think Kenyon Drake's going to take this man's job. I still think Josh Jacobs is a, you know, top, definitely top 15, but probably I could get him in my top 12 uh, running backs, but definitely, it hurts. I mean, uh, hurts. Kendrick can catch passes. He's good in the goal line. I mean, he's a. He, I think it very well could be a, a committee. And uh, and uh, you know, over the seasons, uh, Josh Jacobs does have a tendency uh, to wear down and uh, not perform as well as he does at the beginning of the season. So that might be why they made this move. But yeah, it's definitely gonna. He's definitely gonna have to take a knock in my rankings. With uh, whereas if Kenyon Drake wasn't there, uh, but yeah. Uh, yeah, anything paid attention to, to Twitter. That? Yeah, you weren't alone, uh, Josiah. I don't, didn't even mean to cut you off, but yeah, Josh Jacobs on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Owners got a quick, uh, swift kick in the nuts. Mm-hmm. And, and it's a two year deal, so it sucks. It's not like a one year prove it deal. So he's going to be around for at least two years. Um, so, yeah. But like, I, I think Gruden is still a very like run heavy type guy where they're going to be getting a lot of touches. Jacobs is still probably going to be getting 15 plus touches a game. Um, I do think it just limits his upside and maybe those three touchdown games that he's famous for might not be happening as much um, anymore with Kenyon Drake on the field. Yeah. Anything to add, Micah? No. Just Nathan kind of makes all the points about it. Just sucks for everyone all around. It just does. Right. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I agree with you there. But uh, 
Yeah. All right. With that, let's get into the bulk of this episode and talk about the AFC South. And man, do we have a doozy with our hmm. first team here? Um, and that is the Houston Texans and uh, might be one of the hardest teams to project in pretty much from every position except maybe one. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I counter that. I think they are one of the easiest teams to project. They are going to be <laughs> a giant tire fire next year. And <laughs> they might be 0 and 17. Might right. I know. I, yeah, I definitely don't project them being good by any means. I just mean position by position. I couldn't even tell you who the starter is. At, yeah. Okay. Be next season at, at each. At I each see position. what you mean. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, definitely. I'm not, not, not projecting them to be good. I can assure you guys of that, but uh, yes, uh, the Houston Texans, uh, we got a quarterback situation here. We got about, we got about, we got a big situation. We, we, <laughs> yeah. we got, uh, yeah, you know, bizarre. so some uh, start starting from the beginning, Deshaun Watson doesn't want to play for the Texans anymore. He's verbally stated that he's not going to play for the Texans anymore. And he wants to be traded. Uh, the Texans have said the player will not be traded. Uh, and uh, it's just funny how many times they referred to him as the player. And like, I mean, like, I don't know. They don't the like asset will stay on the books. <laughs> right. And uh, so, yes, it's uh, there's a very tenable situation there. Um, most people, or at least articles I've been reading lately, do project that he will be traded um, uh, because it's just an ugly situation that, it's just there's no good way out of it for the Texans. Um, but they did uh, traded they, him a week ago. <laughs> right. Yeah, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, now there's a situation that's compounding on top of that. Uh, uh, Deshaun Washington has been accused of uh, sexual assault uh, involving uh, mas- mas- masseuse. I think there's north of 20 accusers at this point. It, um, you know, I we this is a fantasy show. We can't speculate on the validity of any of these things. Of course, we don't know the accusers personally. We don't know Deshaun Watson personally. I haven't um, read enough to know. Right, right. Yeah. You know, absolutely. But that being said, it's clear to see that it's not a good situation and that there's a lot of uh, uh, clouds surrounding this Deshaun Watson quarterback situation. Um, yeah, what, Michael, why don't you touch on, touch on that and um, – uh, just where is, is Deshaun taking a hit in your rankings right now? Where, where, how are you valuing him right now? We we've said previously we rank him in our top two or three, but is that still the case for you at the moment? No, like he's down. I have no idea where this is heading. So there's really like three possibilities when you look at it with Deshaun, he's either completely innocent and he moves on to a different team. Cause I don't think he's ever playing it down with the Houston Texans anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, allegations happen and then whatever happens to his career i have no idea punishment yada yada let that get figured out but that's just such looming over him right now you don't know that's going to happen and or the texans can't trade him because of all this is looming and it goes into the season and he just sits out and doesn't play this year mm-hmm. so it's just i i have no idea what's happening with the situation he's such a good talent and i just if, if you're drafting you're probably going to get them a little bit later and that's just your risk on if you think how things are going to go well 
But if you own him, you probably don't need to trade him because people aren't going to want to trade unless someone does give you something you feel uneasy about it going. It's just there's so many possibilities. This is such a strange situation, and it's really hard to make out because we just don't know what the future entails with it. That's interesting you say that because Nathan was just uh, just kind of asking me or kind of speculated. He owns Deshaun Watson in a uh, in a, a Devi league that we're in, um, mm-hmm. and he was kind of you know, prodding what we think or yeah, Nathan, why don't you, why don't you go into that and maybe, maybe yeah. see what you're thinking as far as what you might do with that situation. Yeah. I mean, I'm right with Mike in that he definitely like, he has to take a hit because they're at, at the moment, like with the trade trade scenario and especially now on top of it, the sexual assault allegations, like there are multiple different ways this can go where he doesn't play. So whether it be sitting out or whether it be him being suspended or, you know, kicked off the team, you know, whatever happens, there are multiple situations where he doesn't play the a down of football. Um, so, and I will say as of right now, it is being talked about that there might be some criminal charges, but as of right now, all of this is a civil case. And typically when there's an overwhelming amount of evidence, it is going straight to a criminal case. So all of this is in civil court at the moment. Um, The bar for the amount of proof you need isn't nearly as high. So I, you know, I caution people not to just say, Oh, like his career is over. Um, Wait, you know, see how it plays out. You know, we saw how stuff like this went with Adrian Peterson and Kareem Hunt and stuff. So um, just wait, see what happens. But it, it definitely like normally when there's smoke, there's fire. How much fire? Mm-hmm. We don't know. But, you know, th- it's a lot of women coming forth. And he as an owner, he's definitely taking a hit for me. Um, honestly, I'm going to put out I'm going to put him on the trade block and just see what just feel out what kind of offers I get. And if people are giving me really low offers, I'm just going to hold on to him because, you know, he you know, he may not have any time missed at all. He may get suspended for six games or a year or something and still be a great quarterback afterwards. So um, I'm not going to take nothing for the guy, but you do have to understand that Deshaun Watson now is less valuable than he was a week ago. Um, You know, we can't deny that. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good perspective. And, um, you know, I I also think conversely, if you're a team right now that, you know, maybe you have a lot of depth, depth of receiver, a lot of depth of running back, but you don't have a star quarterback. You might want to shoot a trade trade offer to the Deshaun Watson owner, because this could be your Panthers. This could be as a Falcons fan, but the Panthers perfect spot for that, man. Right. I actually just Mm -hmm. saw the first, for the first time today, I saw something about um, the Eagles wanting him. I haven't, haven't wow. heard much buzz about that but i was reading about the eagles putting out some feelers so i could see yeah. like especially if they traded hurts and gave them a young quarterback on a rookie deal right um where do they have the cap space though yeah that's yeah. sean yeah, yeah they're 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 the trade, they'd have to trade some starters <laughs> yeah. yeah i'm not sure how exactly how it would work but uh, uh that was yeah that was the first i've heard of that that buzz but um yeah no there's obviously probably you know, 28 teams in the league that would want Deshaun Watson as their starting quarterback. So, um, yeah, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. But this could be your chance if you're a team that you feel like you're one piece away, if you're willing to trade away a piece and take the gamble. I mean, you could end up with a top five, top three, even quarterback uh, this next season uh, for a lot less than you would normally have to pay in any other scenario. So, um, yeah, from both sides, it's a really interesting fantasy situation. That being said, it's a really sad 
real life situation. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I think we can move on uh, to, to finish the quarterback um, situation uh, in Houston. They did make a free agency shining in Tyrod Taylor, which is a really, I think the first actual ominous sign from the Houston, Texas Texans organization about what they might do next season. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not projecting Tyrod Taylor to be the starter. However, it looks like they are have an emergency plan in place. Uh, do you guys disagree with my analysis there? Um, do you think Tyrod's going to be the starter next year? Do you think they're, they're going to be grooming him for that? Uh, what, what, how do you guys feel about this signing? It was for a good bit of money. I'll say that. Yeah. Like $12 million, right? I think with incentives, yeah. I think the base was like nine or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Michael, why don't you give uh, your opinions on this first? <laughs> I just don't think that the Texans have any idea what they're doing. Anything. I don't know why they brought in Tyrod Taylor. I don't think they know why they brought him in. They just brought him in. Uh, <laughs> they're like, oh, well, Deshaun's not going to play. We're going to have to have somebody. That's Tyrod guy. Yeah. Let's bring him in. So I, I don't He's kind of like Deshaun. Maybe they'll think he's Deshaun. Yeah, like, yeah that's probably what. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna slap him with the number 14 and people won't yeah. see the one and those texans they, they won't know the difference <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're still asking for tony romo over in dallas these houston's um, won't notice that's um yeah i just honestly i will disagree because i think he's gonna be the starter next season because they don't what's what option do they have you're right they don't have any their first pick in the draft is in the third round they have nothing to like they have no options like deshaun is not gonna play for them again they gave tyron money because he's probably gonna be the starter for them all it's probably going to be a year where they try to lose a lot of games and they're not gonna have to try hard and they're, they're going to get a high draft pick. And, yeah, that's what they're going to have to do. But, I mean, Bill O'Brien absolutely ransacked this team on his way out the door. And they – the Hopkins trade, signing Randall Cobb to a giant deal until 2023. <laughs> like, it's, it's embarrassing. So, yeah. I mean, he really screwed them over. Um, they have a couple guys that are fantasy relevant. We'll get to them later. But, I mean, Tyrod, I say buy up stock because they have no other options for next year, at least in my opinion. I buy into whoever the backup is because Tyrod's been going from having Josh Allen to Baker Mayfield to Justin Herbert. He's on a roll. Seven games in, the team doctor is going to come in and say, come here, Tyrod, and just poof. Yeah, you know, he, he does seem to be the, the rookie quarterback whisperer. Which maybe with that third round pick, they overdraft someone like Kellen Mond or and, Jamie Newman or Jamie Newman, and he learns behind them. Um, but yeah, whoever ends up, if they do end up trading Deshaun, I will say that's their best shot at a starting quarterback because uh, if they trade Deshaun, I think there has to be either the draft pick yeah. to draft a quarterback or mm-hmm. um, an actual quarterback. Or they're like, Tyrod's fine. He'll lead us to the Super Bowl. Right. Yeah, or so they that's trade why for a bunch of picks and tank and just right. come out swinging. But. And I think personally, I'm still projecting Deshaun to get traded. Um, I think he will. Uh, even in the midst of all this, before all of this works itself out, I think that could happen. So, um, 
you know, uh, that's why I'm project not projecting Tyrod to be the starter. Just I'm 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 projecting that whoever they trade is gonna they're gonna get a quarterback from. But uh, as of right now, you're right. I mean, I'm sure you don't have to pay. I think somebody picked him up for twelve fab dollars in our league, and uh, yeah, you know, it's not not anything you have to break the bank for. And if you can get a QB three for twelve fab dollars, hell yeah, do it every time. So. And if you have him as a backup plan, then maybe you can take a risk on someone like Deshaun Watson in your in your dynasty league. So right. you have a QB three that can run and you know. Right. And I guess you could have both of them and feel somewhat comfortable that you're gonna. I mean, I don't think Deshaun's gonna play for the Texans either way. So mm-hmm. but yeah, I don't yeah, maybe having both of them doesn't make me feel any better, actually. Yeah. But uh <laughs> it's a but anyways, uh let's get to the other players yeah we've covered this quarterback uh, mess uh enough here and it is a mess but uh let's talk about this running back mess because we also have a running back (laughs) mess here um so last year we had uh david johnson who performed very well finishes the Mm -hmm. running back 21 um he uh, came on at the end of the season specifically um micah had him on a team and wrote him wrote him to a championship and Mm -hmm. uh yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be 30 this season. Um, so, you know, he's getting up there in age, but he he did what he needed to do and, um, you know, wasn't a star or anything. Uh, but uh, they brought in two guys in free agency, uh, in Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay. And, uh, Micah, why don't you talk about uh, the situation there and where who you think is going to get the work, if it's just going to be a three-headed monster, like what's going to happen there? Well, you heard me prior to this saying that the Houston Texans don't know what they're doing and them signing Mark Ingram and Philip Lindsay, just, I don't know what they're doing. <laughs> like, I mean, what do you, like, are you, you going to run the wing back or like the T formation? <laughs> <laughs> they're going to use Tyrod. They're going to run the wing T and they're going to take the NFL by storm for one win. That's they're going to have like Paul Johnson as like an analyst to help them run options. Like uh, it's just, it's weird to me because Mark Ingram had one of his worst years last year and he seems like he'd be a mentor. Why is he mentoring David Johnson? Who's probably going to be done in a couple seasons. And we're going to Philip Lindsay. Just, I think he's I, mentoring I, him to be a mentor. Yeah. <laughs> the next guy they get when they have enough draft picks to get one. Yeah. <laughs> they'll be able to get a running back. Yeah. Uh, no, it just it just doesn't make sense all around. And I think it just like I was happy as a Mark Ingram owner that he went to the Texans. I'm like, all right, cool. He'll get like some touches. And then they brought in Philip Lindsay, and I'm like, now what's going on with this backfield? So, hmm. yeah. Nathan, what about you, man? Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. Like this happened so fast. I had my notes for back when this was just. Uh, you know, David Johnson and Duke Johnson on the team. And those guys are still signed until 2022. So the fact that they then went and signed Philip Lindsay and Mark Ingram, I I wasn't Duke Johnson. They cut cut him. Oh, did they cut with him? Yeah, Yeah, they they cut Duke Johnson. Um, I'm glad you said his name because he was on the team last year and he did play. So yeah. Yeah. And he'll end up being taking third down reps from somebody. So try to make sure that isn't your running back on your team, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I really want n- almost nothing to do with this committee. I mean, yeah. especially in redraft leagues. But in Dynasty, obviously, you're going to have these guys on teams. But um, if I were to pick a favorite, I would probably go David Johnson just because he's the better mm-hmm. receiving guy and he's really good at the goal line. Um, but 
I mean, Philip Lindsay is a really good rusher. He's, he's a very good slashing running back. So I, I mean, they're going to be really vulturing touches off of each other. So you're obviously going to have him have to have him on your team, but in PPR leagues, I'm going to have to lean more towards David Johnson. He's done more in the league before and uh, he had a pretty good year last year. So I got to give it to him. And I'm, is that the case? Sorry. Is that the case in dynasty and redraft? Uh, given age. Yeah. I could understand leaning a little more Philip Lindsay's way, but I don't know. I mean, David Johnson, like I said, had a, had a very impressive year last, last year. He had, a, he had kind of more of what I was hoping Gurley would have with the Falcons and it just didn't manifest itself. Um, so I think David Johnson still has tread left on the tires and he's a year in the system as well. So he's, he's going to have a head start on Philip Lindsay. So, um, you know, with either of these guys, I'm kind of playing the short game because neither one of them are going to be part of my long-term fantasy plan. So I'll still lean David Johnson just for short-term upside. I think that's a good way to look at it. Yeah, definitely. For sure. Uh, Micah, go ahead and say what you're going to say. Yeah. Yeah, I'm in the same boat with David Johnson. I was high on him last year, and I took him, and he had a great week one against the Chiefs. Everyone was getting on the Sniped David him Johnson from me. Now. I know. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so um, <laughs> and then he ended up missing a month of the season due to um COVID protocols, and he still finishes the RB twenty one in his playoff run, like week fourteen, fifteen, and sixteen. He played great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he did so much better than I expected him to. So he's still got gas in the tank. I don't know how much left, but out of all these running backs, he has to have the most. He, he's the only one on that team that's had a 2K, 2,000-yard season. So, Oh, what a year. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I can tell you, uh, I've always been a Philip Lindsay fan. I mean, at least since I found out who he was uh, when he started playing for the Denver Broncos because I didn't know who he was before he started playing but uh, for the Denver Broncos. But um, I've always loved to watch him run. I mean, he's a great story. He lived in his parents' basement in Denver, which is why I'm surprised. He, he actually decided he didn't want to stay because they did um, – uh, Denver did give him a, a second round tender or something along those lines. And then they ended up just releasing him. So, because he said he didn't want to stay. So uh, mm-hmm. that was surprising to me, but yeah, honestly, I think as a Philip Lindsay fan, which I'm not an owner of him in I think any leagues, but um, I think this is a good spot. I mean, maybe not next season, but he, he, he could take over this backfield. There's, I mean, uh, David Johnson did have a good season this year, and I definitely think going into the season next year, David Johnson will be the starter. But, yeah, like you said, Micah, they don't know what they're going to do. Who knows what's going to happen? And and Philip Lindsay has talent. So, um, you know, I think he's going to fall late, and I think all these guys are going to fall late, to be honest. But I'm, I think this help. I think this gives more, more value to Philip Lindsay than if he were – at the Denver Broncos in my eyes, just because I see more of a possibility for him to usurp David Johnson than Melvin Gordon. Um, but uh, yeah, you know, not excited about any of these guys too much. Kind of like you said, Nathan, you aren't going to depend on anybody in this backfield next year if you're going to be a winning team. So, um, you know, it's, it's it's an interesting thing maybe for a depth piece and, and who knows, there's always a surprise breakout and, Maybe it'll be on this running back team somewhere. Uh, I didn't mention much about Mark Ingram because there's a reason. Yeah. I don't think he's going to get a lot of playing time, to be honest. He's the third most valuable guy in this, this backfield, in my opinion. But that being said, two, two seasons ago, Mark Ingram was easily the best out of this group. And uh, who, who knows who, who the hell knows? It's anything could happen here. So 
Um, yeah, Let's with get that, their I think, stacked receiving core that yeah, they yeah they uh, <laughs> they have uh, yeah. Go ahead and uh, why don't why don't you get into that, that Nathan? This since you're so excited about it. I mean, yeah, sarcasm abounds. Um, uh, I mean, honestly, Brandon Cooks had a surprisingly good year this last year. Um, he is sure-handed. He's a hell of a deep threat. Um, what everybody knows about him and what the fear with him is, is he's about one more good crack to the head away from, you know, mm-hmm. never playing this game again. He's had quite a few concussions in his career. And, you know, I, I loved him when he was on the Rams, but man, he's he's hit his head a bunch of times. So, um, so that's always the risk with him, but he does have some upside. Uh, the other guy as of now that uh, – I think his fantasy relevant would be a Kiki Kute. Um, he, uh, he took advantage of the playing time at the end of the season and actually finished really strong. And also this next year, he's going to be on the final year of his rookie deal. So uh, the fact that they weren't scampering to get one of the top uh, free agents wide receivers makes mm-hmm. me think they're probably uh, planning to have a role for him uh, this upcoming season, whether it's a wide receiver two or three, but uh, I definitely think he has some value. Uh, but uh, at the moment, unless there's a free agent signing I'm missing, I, I think that's about it from the guys they still have on the team. Well, they uh, still have that wonderful contract that from yeah. Cobb as well. well about Randall Cobb. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. Um, so about Will Fuller, uh, he got signed to the <laughs> he got signed to the Dolphins. Uh, oh yeah, that's another yeah. We, we do that. need to mention him, um, but. Yeah, and on the Dolphins, he I expect him to be the wide receiver too. He he's a really good pairing with Devontae Parker because Parker is more of the route running possession receiver. He's going to get your contested catches. He's going to be really good at the goal line situations, and uh, Will Fuller is really good at taking the top off of defense. And uh, he's a really good uh, pairing with Parker, I believe. So. Um, if two is still the quarterback next year and it looks like he, he mm-hmm. will be, I think, um, I think he does have a good, uh, I mean, honestly, between them two and Mike Gusecki, he does have some good options on his team now. So, um, so yeah, I think Fuller landed in, uh, about as good a spot as he could hope for. Uh, what do y'all think? You know, a team's red wide receiver core is bad when, when we have to analyze a different team's wide receiving court <laughs> in our <Yeah>. analysis. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah uh micah go ahead and uh cover your thoughts on cooks and qt and Cobb and all the well, other wonderful options hansen dude it's just that cooks is always injury prone like you said nathan he's always bound to get hurt he's 28 years old now and he's a speedy guy and when you're just always getting hurt like that who knows like when the last one's gonna come and then kiki kute exactly like you said him being a young receiver who they didn't go scramble for anybody else. And he's just, you know, he's a little bit smaller than most, but he can kind of get open. And then, you know, Randall Cobb's contract is just an anchor on that team. I don't know why they gave it to him. Actually, I do know it's because Bill O'Brien was in charge. And, yeah, Hanson, I don't think he's very good. And they don't really have any draft picks to get any of the good wide receivers in this draft. So, yeah, and then Will Fuller goes to Miami where he can take the top off of defenses, but they're going to need a quarterback who can get the ball to him downfield. So I wish the best luck for him. Yeah, no, I definitely agree there. Uh, I'm a Brandon Cook's owner in several leagues because I went after him last year, uh, being happy that he was going to be um, Deshaun Watson's uh, – 
at least one B target, uh, which which turned out to be true, especially knowing that Will Fuller had such bad injury history. Um, and, and Brandon Cooks did stay his, uh, healthy all last season. Um, so, uh, you know, he does have this injury-prone label, and certainly it's it's deserved. It's not like it came out of nowhere, but, um, he played in the, you know, he played that being said, it, it's, it might be oh, – I'm sorry, what was that? I, I was trying to interject the stats because you were leading that way, but yeah, he played in 15 games and averaged 15 and a half points per game in the PPR league. So yeah, surprisingly he was a steady Eddie for most of the season. Yeah. And so, you know, uh, of course, if Tyrod Taylor's his quarterback, it's going to be not a good projection for me, but uh, you know, I'm hoping somebody can come in there and, and give him some value. I think everywhere he's gone, you know, he's been a guy that's gotten traded and traded and traded everywhere he's gone. I mean, he's, year after year, almost every year, a thousand yards, a thousand yards, especially the years that he isn't injured. So, um, you know, you got to give the guy credit at some point, he's a good receiver, but yeah, it is a, there is kind of this label of a ticking time bomb, which, which may or may not be true, but, um, you know, certainly he's had a history of concussions and that's always a scary thing. So, and, you know, he seems not to be too concerned about it in the interviews i've seen like he's always just like nope on to the next game that i can play so (laughs) right um you know i think the fantasy community might be a little more worried about it than he is so right right like absolutely so you know that being said if i can i might be trying to shop him for if i can get a second round pick this year and get a get one of these second round rookie receivers i think now would be the time to let go of him Mm -hmm. certainly uh but um you know, if I have to keep him, if I can't trade him, you know, I'll be okay going in with him as my wide receiver three next season. You know, that's that's okay. So, yeah, especially um, as a flex play, I mean, I think he'd be a very good flex play right. next season if you're if you have three wide receivers starting in your league. Yeah. Um, but even as a wide receiver three, he's probably going to get a thousand yards again. <laughs> yeah, no, very possible, especially if they can get a capable quarterback in here. Um, at tight end, they 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 had a Darren Fells and Jordan Akins. They they cut Darren Fells, and so now it's just going to be Jordan Akins. I've always said, man, if if both both Russell Wilson and Deshaun, if they if you can get them a, a skilled tight end, man, he's going to catch a thousand yard. I mean, like they they, they he targets uh, Jordan Akins a lot in the in the red zone. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of touch, touchdowns he caught. A couple of them he just dropped. There's one egregious, just like looking straight at the like ball into the face into the hands and he just dropped it um nobody around him so you know if, if they can get if they if deshaun watson were the quarterback here which he's not going to be anymore uh, if they could ever get him a tight end i mean i would really have that tight end high in my projections but um yeah i don't i don't think jordan Aiken's going to be the guy to do it so uh yeah anything, and they don't have many draft they don't really have many draft picks so if they do get a tight end it'll probably be later on and i don't really expect too much from a tight end taking fifth round later if if they use their like third round if they haven't made a trade with deshaun yet and they use their first pick which is in the third round and they use that on a tight end over everything else that they need (laughs) it just shows that i mean they don't know what they're doing so jack easterby (laughs) is the man behind the curtain right Um, but yeah jordan akins he's he's kind of been a tease in the fantasy community i feel um he's been very inconsistent shown a couple flashes but averaged uh less than six and a half yards per game last season um i mean 
at the moment, he's the starting tight end on the team, so he's probably worth taking a chance on if you want like a, a low tight end or a tight end three because he may turn into you know a tight end two or a guy you can throw in flex when you're in desperate need. But yeah, I mean, d- don't expect much. Yeah, and you know, as far as team needs for this team, I mean, it's everything just, they, they need everything. a team. <laughs> so it. it's it's uh, uh, it's not team needs; it's needs team. So, uh, yeah, I, I, they don't have draft picks. I mean, we've seen kind of what they've done in free agency. It hasn't really wowed us. So, uh, I don't think there's too much I have to say about it. Would you guys have anything to add there? Have fun, Houston. You're cursed. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a chance they could maybe trade up and get like a receiver or something. Um, and even they may have a good receiver fall in their lap in the third round, but they they have a lot of needs on defense. I mean, corner, defensive line. They, yeah. Um, we'll see what fantasy options they bring in, but they don't have a whole lot of ammo to do much right now. Unless they make a trade with Deshaun, they don't have much to work with. Yeah, absolutely. And a trade with Deshaun is definitely could. I mean, I don't think it's going to rocket this team up too high or anything, but maybe they could get some pieces and some draft picks and some things to kind of make it look a little bit better, a little bit nicer. But um, yeah, if someone like the Jets really went stupid and gave them the number two overall pick, another first and a second, uh, if I were them, I'd snatch it up in a heartbeat at the moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we'll have to see. It'll be definitely one of the most intriguing situations of the offseason. But uh, with that, let's move on to this next team, um, and that is the Indianapolis Colts. And uh, this has been another team that's had a lot of shakeup over the offseason, and uh, that that includes the uh, trade for Carson Wentz from the Philadelphia Eagles, uh, which I think's and it's, he's, he's definitely going to be the starter next year, at least. And they're going to give him a chance to uh, rebuild himself. Uh, I'll go ahead and weigh in where I'm at on this. Um, the one thing about it is everything that went wrong with the Eagles last year is, is, is fixed on, on this Indianapolis team. He has a great offensive line. He's not going to have to run around like a chicken with his head cut off three seconds after the ball snapped every, every play. Um, he does have some talented young receivers. I, I think they're a prime team to not to get too far ahead of myself, but to draft a receiver in the, in the first round even. So um, uh, yeah, I think he's going to have a chance to, to be better. I don't know that I, I'm certain he's going to be, but I think that it, there's a really good chance he could be um, a top 24 fantasy option and a and a and a, a even maybe a top 20 guy. So, um, yeah, do you guys do you guys feel the way I feel about that? Are y'all way off? Are you more on him? Uh, I think it's a pretty um, up in the air or I guess divisive situation. You could you could go one way or the other. But uh, Micah, why don't you give your thoughts on Wentz? Oh, I think Wentz sucks. I don't think Frank's going to be able to save him in Indianapolis. You see, he went to Indy and he changed his number to two because he will be the number two quarterback on the depth chart when Jacob Eason takes over at some point in the season. Either Wentz is going to play his way out of the starting spot or or Carson Wentz is going to get hurt because he either always gets hurt or he just plays so bad. Okay, and, getting hurt is a better argument than. But I, I just, I don't know. I've, I've been still, a believer Easton in Wentz. Might not be the number two. <laughs> He'll be the number. He's gonna be the that. number two. Yeah, Easton's gonna be the number two. Just wait until training camp. So, here's the thing with Carson. If Carson can't succeed with everything going around him in Indianapolis, like I don't know what's ever gonna help him. That's the absolutely good. 
yeah, the O-line's good. Receivers are good. Running backs are good. The coaching's great. They have a good defense. Like, if he, like, plays bad, then I don't know what to do because he just looks so shaken up in Philly. And it could just be the Philly environment, his relationship with Doug Peterson. Like, there's so much that could be going on to why he played so bad. But, dude, he played so poorly. And he's just such a big question mark. And then also so coupled with his injury history. So it sounds like your analysis is you're completely off of him. You won't you won't be touching him. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. I will uh, I will not be drafting Carson Wentz this year. I will be avoiding right, Nathan, him. Where are you at? Are you in the middle of us? Are you are you past? Are you feel better than I do about Wentz? Where where where's the gradient? Yeah, I would. I would probably say I'm. Uh, I'd probably say I'm in the middle of you. You two. Um, I do think it's the absolute best possible scenario he could fall into. You know, he's reunited with Frank Reich. He's got a good offensive line, like you will mention. Uh, I don't know how great his receiving options are at the moment. Uh, they're going to need to work on that in the draft. But, um, but yeah, I mean, obviously the running game he's going to have is the big the big factor for him. He's going from Miles Sanders to, to JT and Marlon Mack in that dominant O-line, so. Um, yeah, I I do think Carson Wentz is a guy you can get and expect him to be the starter as long as he stays healthy all of this next year um, and maybe parts of the year after it and, and maybe longer if he looks really well. But I I have my concerns with him. He developed a lot of bad habits his last few years with the Eagles that like rushing the ball, making really poor decisions, not going through progressions. Um, so he's going to have to fix a lot of himself and stay injury free to, to be a consistent guy that you can have in like your QB two spot in super flex leagues. So, um, I wouldn't trust him as a QB two, but, um, as a QB three, go ahead and give him to me because he does provide some rushing upside. Although I do think that is more diminished now than it was back uh, mm-hmm. a couple of years ago. Yeah, I think I'd be uh, – I don't. I haven't mapped out my full rankings or anything, especially with incoming rookies, but I think there is a possibility he could fall inside my top 24, very very much at the end of that, 23 or 24 probably. But uh, I could see myself ranking him as a very late quarterback too. But, yeah, that's kind of my upside for him. Let me I mean, ask you this. Would you take him over Danny Dimes now that Danny Dimes has old Kenny Galladay? I think so, and the reason why is because Carson old or Carson Wentz isn't quite old, super old enough for, for a quarterback for me to completely fade him on age. And his knees are forty five, yo. He's shown <laughs> me he can, he's shown me he can do it before where Danny Dimes hasn't. Um, but I can see in Dynasty, I mean, you know, the the age and also, like I said, the projection of maybe the offense being better. I do think Joe Judge showed capability to be a, a good head coach last year. Um, so, you know, we'll see. Uh, but I think right now, if you told if you if you told me, I'd rather have Wentz as my quarterback too than Dan, Danny Dimes for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I got a question. We all, but we agree he's kind of on that verge of like late QB two, QB three. I mean, Micah, would you mm-hmm. would you take him as a QB three just as a chance or? Yeah, I mean, I would have him as a QB three as a chance, but I wouldn't want him as one of my top two quarterbacks that I'm going to be relying on. I agree. Uh, I like I like the question you asked, uh, Nathan. Um, but uh, the one I have down is uh, golf. Would you rather have golf in Detroit? Golf. Yeah, golf. give me golf. Golf. Okay. See, golf. for me, I, I think it's uh, the reason why the decision's tough. There is, I think it's possible that they could be moving on from golf's 
if Wentz performed well sooner than they would Wentz, but um, it it that's where it's really close for me. I could see myself probably going off there, just uh, but you know uh, I will say Philip Rivers. I thought he was completely dead l- last year, and he came in and I mean he. I think he was quarterback 21 or 22. He was a quarterback too last year, you know, in fantasy and in real life, he took him to the playoffs and did really well. So I don't know why Carson Wentz can't do the same thing behind that offensive line. So, um, but I do agree with you, Nathan and, and Micah, definitely he developed some really bad habits, but when you're throwing to guys, when your best receivers are, you know, Alshon Jeffrey, the Sean Jackson who can't stay on the field and uh you know uh yeah Jalen mm-hmm. Rager a, tra- a Travis Fulgham who's a math teacher <laughs> I mean it's just you, you kind of probably feel like you have to do it all on your own um so you know I'm willing to give but him a Jaylen chance Hurts did better yep yeah he did I, mean, I think he's more built to scramble and do the things that that but that's what behind that that's what Wentz was supposed to be yeah that's what Wentz that used to be his golden ticket and right it, it yeah i agree i mean uh, look i'd rather have hurts than Wentz. i'll tell you that but yeah. but um mm-hmm. but you know i do think carson Wentz could revive revive his career a little bit here i think he has a good chance so um with that I think we can move on talk about this running back group, which is a very deep running back group, especially with the free agents or uh, them bringing back Marlon Mack and not allowing him to hit free agency. Um, that was very surprising to me. Um, don't get me wrong. Jonathan Taylor's clearly, I mean, he was the RB six last year. I mean, clearly the best rookie running back. Uh, he um, had 11 touchdowns. He also had thir- uh, 36 receptions, so he can catch the ball. I mean, He's still going to be a top five back, but Marlon Mack does make me feel like his upside could be limited a little bit because Marlon Mack's not a third down back. He's a he, he's he's a running back, and they got Naeem Hines, who's one of the best patch catching backs still there. So I really think there's going to be um, a split up of the roles here, and we might not see as much Jonathan Taylor as a lot of us want to, especially – uh, those of us that might be ranking him as high as one or two um, in our in our dynasty running backs, but uh, do you guys see it that way, or are you not concerned about Marlon Mack? I know Nathan, you've always been a Mack supporter. Um, what do you, what do you think is going to happen here? We'll start with you. Or actually, why don't why don't we start with you? Why don't we start with you, Micah? No, I'm good to go. Okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I got candy in my mouth. I'm just going away. Yeah, wait. you look um, like you're chewed. Yeah, no, uh, I didn't give my opinion. Um, now, I think with the Marlon Mack situation, one, he's coming back from an Achilles tear. And historically, that's been a very difficult injury to come back from. Apparently, he's been progressing well, but normally guys, when they come back from that, are not the same. But even given that, I mean, I still think Jonathan Taylor is going to be getting you at minimum 15 touches a game, probably 20 touches a game. And he and it's only a one year deal with Marlon Mack. And if Marlon Mack is really good and is taking touches, then he's probably going to try to get a big contract in free agency after the fact. So if it's a problem, I only foresee it being a problem for one year. So, um, you know, maybe in redraft, it'll ding JT a little bit more for me. But, um, yeah, I think in Dynasty, it doesn't really knock him too much for me. Okay, Micah, what about you, man? Oh, I'm in the same boat. You can go back and listen to our running back rankings when we talk about Jonathan Taylor. And even with the bringing back Marlon Mack, it doesn't affect any way in which I view Jonathan Taylor anymore. 
Like okay. he's the he's gonna be the guy in that offense. Marlon Matt's coming from the Achilles tear, which you never know how that's gonna turn out. And I feel like the one year deal is just to hey, come back, show you're healthy, get a contract next year when teams have more money. And the running back class is really strange this year anyway. So yeah. I don't think it affects him. Nine Hines, he's a good guy to have for like bench depth because he can have some breakout games. And if Jonathan Taylor gets hurt, he's gonna get some more playing time as well. So I would actually might with Naheem Hines more than Marlon Mack on this team, just because I think Marlon Mack will leave. Um, yeah, I think here's where I see Marlon Mack being an issue. Um, and this is what the Colts want to do. This is the at least last year how they how they played football. When they get up and they have leads, they're going to run the ball, obviously. And I think Jonathan Taylor will be on the field in order to get them that lead. But once they have a comfortable lead, they're going to want to rest him and they're not going to want to give him 25 touches in a game that they're going to win. So that's when Marlon Mack's going to come on the field. And I think for a lot of people, that's uh, really going to bother him, if, especially if Indianapolis is a good team and their defense can uh, you know, have a lot of low scoring games. Um, but I do want to go over two things that I found really interesting. So the two years before Marlon Max, uh, uh, Achilles, uh, which was on the first game of last season, uh, he finished as running back 21 and running back 22. So, uh, you know, a, a running back to both seasons and then Naeem Hines, this blew my mind. I honestly thought that my app was messed up and I was reading this wrong, but he finished running back 15 in PPR leagues. But there were yeah, mainly like games. three huge games, mm-hmm. and like right. a bunch of mediocrity. It, yeah, it's the Tyler Lockett effect for sure. No, I agree, but I just I had no idea he was even in that realm. Yeah. That he was pushing RB one numbers. That's crazy to me. Well, that's the thing. If Jonathan Taylor ever got hurt, Nine Hines would have really good value in Dynasty. And he or I'm, like he redraft, caught, just like in general for that season, Jonathan Taylor would be hurt. He caught 63 receptions. I mean, that mm-hmm. that was, uh, you know, I think second or third most in the league this year for running backs. I mean, I, I just think with the three of these guys, uh, again, uh, Jonathan Taylor, I'm going to be trying to target him. I'm just – I'm trying to decide if, yeah, I thought Marlon Mack was going to be gone and I was kind of ranking him that way, and now I feel like I maybe need to push him back a spot or two. But um, What, 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 what uh, running back of his same class would you put above him now? No, not in his same class. Not at oh, all. Oh, okay. No, 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 no. Just like I mean, I was I was maybe thinking about ranking him running back two or three in Dynasty. Mm-hmm. And now I'm thinking maybe, you know, maybe a guy like Aquan I would put above him, you know. And so um it's tough. I don't know. I'm gonna have to see where I fall mullet over a little bit, but it was uh something I was a little bit uh just Saddened just because it adds a little bit of less certainty in a situation that I think everybody felt really, really good about. But um, anyways, let's move on to these running backs and talk about uh, the they had a th- uh, three, three, uh, or I said running backs, wide receivers. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about these wide receivers. Sorry, <laughs> uh, they had three, uh, something about the sentence I said didn't sound right. Um, anyways, uh, they had three guys last year and Michael Pittman. Uh, well, uh, Paris Campbell got injured uh, shortly after the season and uh, T.Y. Hilton. Um, also, Zach Pascal was was there and uh, serving when guys were injured. Uh, why don't you talk about, Micah, how you feel about all these guys? I think you might be the highest guy on Pittman, although I like him too. But, um, yeah, go ahead and tell us. Oh, how no, I like Pittman a lot. And, like, you know, we I think – do we all have him in our top ten in our rookie rankings, I'm pretty sure. And yeah, I think I think he fell outside of Nathan's, but Nathan was kind of like, oh, I think I should probably yeah. push him in here. Yeah. 
That's right. Um, uh, yeah, he was in my honorable mentions, but okay. uh, yeah, he, he got beat out by better guys like LaVisca Chanel. Yeah, and like so he's going to be the main guy there for sure next year because T.Y. is a free agent going to be moving on now. Zach Pascal is a free agent. Paris Campbell's going to hurt. You know, it's interesting what they're going to do with wide receiver too. They could be someone at the end of the first round who could grab one of these receivers who are going to slip and try to pair him up, especially like to give Carson more weapons. And they really don't need an O-line. <laughs> they don't need any O-line help. Their defense is pretty stout. Like I think, I think Costanzo – Sorry to interrupt. I think Costanzo, their left tackle, retired. Yeah, he did. Yeah. You're right. He but did. Other than, other than that, other than that. They'll figure it out. Ballard's a great GM. He's <laughs> He'll get it together. Um, but, no, I could really see them targeting a receiver in the first round and having him in the offset of Michael Pittman. Yeah. yeah to build on that, I really think this team needs a receiver. Uh, that's the glaring weakness on offense to me. Um, mm-hmm. No offense to Zach Pascal and Michael Pittman Jr., but um, and like Paris Campbell, I think is a sleeper guy. Um, we, he he was a big like uh, he was a big waiver wire pickup last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Just never really panned out. He was injured a lot, but uh, he, he's a guy people have forgotten about. So maybe see if he's sitting around on your waivers right now. Um, but I definitely I'm, I'm in agreement with Micah. They're probably going to bring in some wide receiver in the first round unless they go defense because i will say they've lost a lot on defense so they did lose ty hilton at wide receiver but they lost justin houston malik hooker uh i mean xavier rhodes which i mean (laughs) but uh they they don't really have much at at corner like that's one of their glaring (laughs) needs on their team is corner and they need an edge rusher now um, so I, I could see, especially with all the offensive talent at the top of the draft this year, I could see some really good defensive guys sitting there at that pick 21 that they have. Um, so, but I mean, th- this draft has so many good receivers and it's so deep, they could get a really good guy in the second yeah. round. I mean, T Higgins was a second round receiver. So um, was a second round receiver. Yeah. So stick with the same philosophy. Exactly. Um, so they can get good value there, but I, I'm in agreement with you. They're going to bring in someone here because uh, they, they do need it. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, uh, I, I also really like Pittman uh, Jr. He's a good possession receiver, um, big body guy. He gets a lot of good toe taps and uh, can reach over guys. Um, Paris Campbell. Yeah, you did touch on him. I've always been a huge Paris Campbell uh, believer uh, out of Ohio state and um he's got speed for days uh only 24 years old yeah still young i mean he just can't stay healthy but i think there's a lot of times where that happens where the guys get these injury prone labels early in their career Mm -hmm. and then they're able to come back a couple years later and stay healthy and and all of a sudden they're like oh where did this guy come from and he was always there he just couldn't stay healthy so uh, watch out for paris campbell um, yeah, I could see them drafting somebody like Rashad Bateman, uh, maybe Rondell Moore, if people like him. Um, you know, Kadarius Tony. I've seen people been projecting him in the first round. I wouldn't do that mm-hmm. personally, especially when you have a guy mm-hmm. in a serious skill set, uh, in a similar s- skill set with Paris Campbell. Um, but, you know, w- those are some guys that I think could could be – they could be looking at with their first-round pick. Um but yeah, T.Y. Hilton's going somewhere else, so they're 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 going to need at least a, a third receiver. But I think if they target a guy in the first round, it'll be um, grooming him to be the number one, certainly. But yeah, um, I mean, if they get Rashad Bateman at twenty-one, not to give too much away of our wide receiver rankings later, but um, yeah, Rashad Bateman is a man, and yeah, uh, he would yeah. be a great fit on their team. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. And yeah, he would, I think him and Pittman would be good playing across from one another as well. But um, uh, that being said, uh, they do have kind of a funky tight end situation and mm. that it's kind of, there's always a productive one every game. It's just kind of hard to say who it's going to be. be. Uh, that being said, Trey Burton is a free agent. Um, I'm mm-hmm. a big fan of Mo Ali Cox, man. He's 6'5", uh, 270 pounds. He's gigantic, like, man on the field. Uh, he can catch the ball. He's not super, super athletic, but just, like, down in the red zone, you know, he's a great target to have. And now that Burton's gone, it's just him and Jack Doyle. Um I could see him being a sleeper tight end. If he's your tight end three or something like that, he could, he's still young. He could be a guy. Um, I'm got a little bit of hype for it. Uh, nothing crazy, but uh, do you guys see that situation is the same there? I just love his name. Mo Alley Cox. Yeah. What a name. Mo yeah. Alley Cox. It's a great football name. Rolls yeah. off the tongue. Uh, and I do think he's the tight end to have in on this mm-hmm. team. Uh, how good he's going to be. We'll see because uh, they do run a lot of 12 personnel and they have their tight ends block a lot. So um, Jack Doyle actually had one more uh, touchdown than him last year. Uh, just didn't have quite as many receiving yards or receptions. But uh, Mo Ali Cox is the younger guy and uh, the guy most likely to take a step going forward. So, um, yeah, I mean, get him, but he's he's more of a low end value and you just hope mm. he becomes something or you can use him in a pinch. Micah? Yeah, yeah, just Mo Ali Cox. He's the guy to have your three spot. Mo Ali Cox. Maybe, maybe he'll like break out. Maybe Carson. I mean, likes tight ends. So I mean, if he's playing, like he always had a relationship with Ertz. Maybe he'll develop one with Cox. So let's we'll, we'll yeah. see what Carson does with it. So we'll see. Yeah. Well, we talked. We touched on uh, some of what we thought they're going to do in the draft. Um, again, now that we're coming to the end of this and free agencies kind of happen, we don't have quite as much to project as far as the off season because we've seen what they've done. But um, we mentioned pretty much all thought we, they need a wide receiver. Um, I do think in the second round they might be looking to uh, replace. Maybe even in the first round, if 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 the right guy fell, if somehow Slater made it there, uh, they might try to replace their tackle um, position there. So that's the only other thing uh, Nathan did kind of touch on their defensive holes as well um do you guys have any other names you want to throw out as who, who you could see them targeting or you guys think we can move on we can move if on trey to hill the falls to them what's that micah oh no trey hill would be great oh yeah yeah i was he kind of fits their profile of a power run team and i got to give a shout out to a georgia boy but um, he's another guy. They're not going to take a, a guy like that early, but uh, if he's there in the fourth or fifth round, uh, I think he makes a lot of sense with their scheme. So I could see them, but they do need a center. Uh, so I could see them taking one later on. Fantasy football dogs. Right. Uh, represent. Uh, with, <laughs> uh, with that, we can move on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. And uh, Micah, take a bow. Yes, this is going to be Micah's time to shine. Yeah, uh, let's just – you want to hand it over to Micah and just let him bask in this moment. Give us the overview of the Urban Meyer – head coaching what's going through your head right you mean this dynasty that's about to happen oh Oh, man so we all know that urban has made his way on over to jacksonville and they're taking none other than the golden god of trevor lawrence the number one overall he's already made a great impression yeah him and his fantastic cast of characters Oh, man, and then they have the best backup in the league in Gardner Minshew, who's practically could be starting on almost every other team. Oh, Oh, man, but 
we've seen what they've been making in moves in three agency to fill up the depth on defense a lot, really. I think they're about to go offensive heavy in the draft and fill in some other holes. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence, number one, and they might start filling up that offensive line. Maybe they'll snag another running back late to add up with James Robinson. I'm just – ooh, they're still, like, through free agency and they filled in so many holes and they still have so much other stuff to do with all their draft capital. Uh, we're only halfway through the finish line, boys. It's a good yeah. day for Jacksonville. Yeah, I think this is the most excitement the uh, the Jacksonville fans have got to feel since they made it to the uh, the AFC Championship. Uh, they were uh, robbed against the Patriots four or five years ago. An amazing defense, and the next year it was trash. Just oh, blew it up. Can't yeah, keep it stars in the building for some reason, but hopefully that will change. Yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Um, Urban yeah. will change the culture. Yeah, can I like? Uh, I hate to rain on your parade, Micah. I do have to interject my worries about Urban Meyer. Like, and that is this one: he hired a coach that uh, had some bad history with players on the team and some bad history in general. Has made some racist comments, and they had to fire him within like a week because the players wouldn't stand for him. So, didn't exactly make the best first impression. And also, like you know. It's well documented. He's this is his first gig in the pros. He's he was obviously a fantastic college coach, um, but in college you can recruit players and you can build a team that is insanely more talented than your opponents. And Urban Meyer has never once won anything where he hadn't had the most talented team. So I. I worry about his ability to transition into the NFL where there's a lot more parity and he doesn't have that talent advantage and he can't recruit, you know, 10, five stars to dominate on offense. So, um, you know, they obviously have a bunch of draft picks. He has a lot to build on and he's a good offensive mind. So that's what he has going for him. But uh, I do wonder about his ability to succeed and he tends to have a bad effect on the long-term culture of a team. So if he's going to win, he's going to need to win soon. Um, but I don't, I don't know. What do you think, Josiah? Well, yeah, let's keep in mind the last time he stepped down as being a coach, it was in the midst of him covering uh, sexual allegations of his other coaches. And so look, I, these things don't necessarily make you a bad football coach on the field at all. Um, it's just clearly there's um, some good old boy mentality, some old school mentality there that exists. And uh, I don't know how well that's going to jive in this new age of young players and that are men, young men, and they're not, you know, 18 year old kids. And um, it'll be interesting. That being said, I don't, I don't, I have concerns, like you said, Nathan, but I do think, I mean, it, he doesn't have the ability to recruit, but he is coming onto a team that has the first pick in every round this year. So I do think, you know, that can help um, as far as injecting the talent, if he can make the right picks. Um, but uh, I don't think they're going to be, you know, a, a championship team anytime soon or anything like that, but I, I could see some improvement happening certainly. But uh, with the, with that, we'll get into the positions here. I mean, with the quarterback situation, I don't think, oh, look, Trevor Lawrence is going to be the quarterback next He's year. There's nothing. He, Trevor Lawrence is good at football. Uh, there's nothing we can, uh, you you know, we'll, we can project all these targets being much better than they were last Rumor year. has it they're taking Zach Wilson instead. There's one totally rumor, kidding. and that one rumor is insane. Yeah. But 
but hey, people if it happened, I mean, look, if maybe throw a $50 bet on it happening because well, I'm, sure, I'm sure the odds are astronomically high that Lawrence is going to be the pick. And then if you if you land on it, you could probably, you know, quadruple and quintuple your money. But and, and there are a couple analysts, some that have been really right on quarterbacks lately that have actually put Wilson above Lawrence. I, you know, we'll get into our quarterback rankings this right. later this Next week. Episode. But- Woo. Yeah. Uh, God, I can't wait. But, um, but yeah, that um, I'd be surprised if the, if an actual NFL team did that. I mean, that would be hard to sell to your fan base over someone like Lawrence who. I just know. think that Lawrence is the, he's a sure thing. Like we know mm-hmm. he is good. Lab. He's going to be a good NFL quarterback. Now look, will he be the best in the draft class? Who knows? But he definitely has the least chance of making a GM look like a fool picking him at number mm-hmm. one overall. So I just think you have that has to be the pick, you know. But um, and, and apparently Urban Meyer, uh, one of the reasons that uh, Trevor Lawrence waited to get shoulder surgery, he actually did a pro day in a throwing session. Mm-hmm. One of the reasons he waited to do that was because Urban Meyer requested to see him throw. Why I don't know because you have three years of film on the guy. Um, it's pretty obvious what he throws like, but Urban wanted to see it, and Trevor said, "Okay, I'll show you." And apparently, he impressed everyone there. So he throws does. good. Wow, yeah, we finally know now. <laughs> the film lines up with what he can do in underwear. We finally mm-hmm. know. That's funny. Yeah. Well. Uh. Yeah. I mean, look, Micah, if you want to give a thirty-second or less spiel on why you think Gardner Minshew is good if you really think that you know i never know if you're being facetious or not i used to think you were joking now i don't know so look just give us convince us why gardner yeah. Minshew is no somebody. bullshit just yeah. I'm, I'm going to give you the Minshew minute everyone gets <laughs> so, so here's the thing with Minshew. Bullshit. Just if, we had this, <laughs> if we had this podcast last year the way that I have spoken about Mr. Jacob Eason was the way I was speaking about Minshew a year ago, but he actually had the starting job locked up. Things did not go that well. He was hurt, though. In the very first game of the year in which they won, he was 19 of 20 passing the ball. He's he's a good player. I just think he needs to be in the right situation, and this last year wasn't for him. I think that they're going to have a good backup in Jacksonville with him. He's a very good backup to have, and he's good for the locker room and team morale. He's dangerous for everyone around him's mothers, but he's just a guy you want to have around. And then look what happened back when the Vikings traded Sam Bradford to the Eagles and got a first round – or another way around, the Eagles traded um, Sam Bradford to the Vikings and got a first-round pick. They could end up doing that with Minshew. Someone could get hurt – you know, snap their leg right before the season and they trade Minshew for a first rounder. Then they're just adding more draft capital to the ones they already have. And Jacksonville could just keep this thing rolling. Wait, wait, wait. Minshew was like a f- undrafted. They aren't going to trade him for a first Six rounder. rounder. Six rounder. Okay. They wouldn't get a first round for Minshew. I could see a team giving up like a second round. Yeah. Maybe, Minshew. maybe a third, but I yeah. Okay. So that. what's the ceiling? Like, so, so you're uh, like, do you think it's just, Oh, if Trevor Lawrence gets hurt, we're going to start again. Yes. Yes. Like, I, he is going to start again. Okay. He's going to be just that. For the Jaguars. He, I think he'll, well, here's the thing. I think that he'll end up getting traded because a team is going to want him as their quarterback. Do you think okay. there's any, all right. With the rookies incoming, do you think there's like, who is he going to beat out? Like what team is he going to go to and and we're going to see and, who gets hurt. Like I said, I think Jacksonville's going to keep him so, unless so like another team's quarterback gets hurt and they bring Minshew in because Minshew's so on a cheap deal for two years. 
So you're saying him being a starter is dependent on someone else getting injured, though? Yeah, yeah. I don't think, like, any team at okay. the moment. Like, I think someone okay. would have already traded for Minshew, but I think also with Jacksonville, they know they have a good quality backup toward just in case Trevor gets hurt. Plus, I think Minshew could actually be, like, a good quarterback to have in the room with Trevor, honestly. Yeah. Okay, I think that's enough time on Gardner, but – Okay, there, there's Micah's spiel. And look, I, I think if he landed somewhere, if they did trade him to like the Pats or something, he could compete with Cam Newton maybe. But outside of that, that that to me is the best case scenario. I mean, I don't – Just to wait. Um, you know, maybe maybe even go into the football team. I mean, they already have Heineke. Heineke's probably just as good as him. But anyways, we'll, we'll move on uh, to James Robinson. And, man, uh, so they did uh, add uh, – I will say before I get into – to. Um, James Robinson, they added Carlos Hyde and free agency and um, Urban Myers worked with Carlos Hyde and worked very well with Carlos Hyde before. So that's an interesting signing. But honestly, I think this is the perfect signing for James Robinson owners. And I think we were all expecting them to bring somebody else in for James Robinson to take a big hit. But this is a guy that can take some of the workload away and not make it so he has to take 90% of the snaps. But he's not going to usurp James Robinson at all, ever. And I don't think this really hurts Robinson at all. And it looks like this is going to be the backfield going into next year. So I think maybe Robinson gets knocked up a spot or two after this, just because I was expecting ranking him, expecting something bad was going to happen in free agency. Um, do you guys agree with my, my feel there? Do you, uh, how do you feel about Robinson uh, going in? I finished the RB seven on the year. I mean, obviously we all know Robinson was just the darling of uh, you know, the, the biggest surprise of the year. So, um, so, so yeah, Nathan, where are you at on Mr. Robinson here? Uh, yeah, I, I think he's definitely going to be the starter going into next year. Um, I think someone maybe even more than Hyde that you have to worry about taking touches away from him, especially catches is going to be LaVisca Chanel. Uh, and I say that not just because I like Chanel, but because of Urban Meyer's history of really liking those kind of tweener guys that can, mm-hmm that are basically a running back in a receiver's body and he can do all sorts of gadget plays, toss sweep, bring him in on running plays. Um, so I think Chanel is going to take away some touches for him and we just need to keep, they have so many draft picks and they, they could really snag a very good receiving back in anywhere from the second to fourth or fifth round, honestly. So um yeah, it just we need to keep an eye on someone coming in and taking some third down duties away from him. But that's my only concern. But if he doesn't have anyone major come in, I mean, yeah, he's going to be an RB2 next year. Yeah. And, uh, and Micah, about you, Micah, I'm sure you're excited about him. But yeah, I mean, how do you feel about the Carlos Hyde signing in in relation to Robinson? And how high do you think you could might rank him? I don't think it really affects James Robinson too much. He's going to be a perfect guy for Urban. They all say, like, he is one of the quietest dudes. He just, like, shows up, like, puts the work. And he's an undrafted guy from a small school. So he's never been, like, you know, got a big ego going and whatnot. They say he's, like, really comical and collected. Urban's going to love that. He's not going to be an issue. He's going to get his touches. But, Nathan, you pointed out them possibly bringing in, like, a third down back. I don't know if they can spend the draft capital because they got to do stuff with other parts of their team, but my God almighty, if they took Kenny Gainwell and added him to that offense, especially with how Urban likes using those guys, it's just like the perfect landing spot for him. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, to be fair, I do think that uh, in a way LaVisca can kind of 
and uh, that I don't think you know. I, look, I, I'm huge on Gainwell. I'm not saying that mm-hmm. that not diminishing. I agree that Lavisca kind of fills that, that role to an extent. I know, but I could but, see Urban with all the draft cap will be like it, it if would I can add Gainwell be, to this too. Right, it would be awesome to see. I totally agree, but I don't expect that to happen per se. Yeah. But yeah, well, let me ask you guys this: um, Aaron I, Jones, who just oh, I'm sorry, uh, yeah, well, Aaron Jones just got re-signed to the the Packers. Uh, do you think you take Jones or Robinson? Jones. Jones. Okay. Is that in redraft and dynasty? I yeah. think so. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I think I think I probably would too. I mean, Jones uh, has fit, finished a top seven running back the past two years, so um, it's it, it, people really sleep on his elite upside. Uh, what about Joe Mixon? Joe Mixon or James Robinson? Uh, Mixon is so hard to project at this mm-hmm. point, man. Mm-hmm. It's, Talents up here, production is kind of here, and dependability is even lower. So, um, yeah, I just gave you all visual aid uh, while this is a podcast, so you're welcome. <laughs> um, but, yeah, point being is uh, Mixon is is hard to predict, man. But I'll, I'll go with Robinson at the moment, given his current situation. But I will throw out a name, Micah. Um, I don't know if they'll spend high enough draft capital for them to get someone like Gainwell. But if they brought in Michael Carter – out of mm-hmm. UNC to be the yep. third down receiving guy. That guy is, yeah, we'll get into him in our running back rankings, but he is a hell of a receiving back. Uh, and he can, he's not a bad runner either. Um, so, uh, Mike, you got something to say this on that? Is, well, that's what I just love with Jacksonville having all these picks. They have a ridiculous amount of picks and they have so many early on that they can get guys can like him while they can do literally whatever they want. I mean, they've got, they've got two fourth round picks. I mean, he, mm-hmm probably going to be late third fourth round guy so mm-hmm. um well it, in re- in relation to that this will be the last question I'll, I'll ask about james robinson before we move on uh he had 49 receptions last year um uh do you see that being less or more uh do you, you take in the over or the under 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 okay under. I, I think his like receiving production will go down but i think he'll get more red zone targets or like red zone carries and opportunities now with a better yeah, offense. I think he's going to be like a, more of a traditional running back and really take that mm-hmm. rushing role. Um, I do think guys like LaVisca and probably, you know, someone they bring in in the draft is going to take some more third down work from it. I mean, he was like the only guy that they had on the team last year, and they're not mm-hmm. going to have be quite as restrained uh, this next year. Yeah. Yeah, I'm tempted to take the over just for contrarianism here, but I do think probably between 40 and 45, just a slight drop off is what I'm going to project. So, um, yeah, I'll say under there as well, but not not by much, I don't think. Uh, but with that, yeah, we'll uh, move on to the uh, receivers. Dang it, I keep doing that. And, uh, so, yeah, the, we got uh, DJ Chark, LaVisca Chenault. Uh, there's a guy, Colin Johnson, that I was excited about until they just uh, signed a free agent in Marvin Jones. Um so which how long is this contract for is it a one-year deal i think it was two years two Two years okay um so so yeah uh that'll be interesting to project going forward Uh, i kind of mentioned in our group chat um that i thought uh you know marvin jones could could hurt some of these other guys we're going to talk about um both of you guys mentioned you weren't too worried about that but uh yeah micah why don't you give your breakdown on 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 the receivers here and where and actually yeah tell me tell me uh why don't you rank them and and tell me how you value them uh going forward it's really really tough with the first two i think i'm gonna put lavisca 
over DJ, but wow. man, DJ has the upside. He can be so good. Everyone was, he was like the breakout guy for last season. I took him in our redraft league and, you know, unfortunate circumstances happened. He still had good games, but it was just, he was hurt a little bit, had some dud games. It was unfortunate, but he's, he could still be better than LaVisca, but I'm just going to put LaVisca there because I feel like in Urban's offense that he's going to have going in there, he's just going to like be electrifying in it. And it's really going to use his skill set to the best. So I'm going to go with LaVisca. And then obviously Marvin Jones as the third guy, but he's going to come in and get a lot of touches and help Trevor start moving the ball down the field. And that was just a great signing, great cheap signing veteran wide receiver for these younger guys. I love it so much. And dude, I don't know what you know about Colin Johnson, but I've watched a lot of Jaguars games this past year and Colin Johnson ain't in. He kind of sucks. Okay. <laughs> he's just, he's just a big guy. He's really tall like physical guy, but he is slow. And my God, does he not get separation? He can't win jump balls the way that he should be. If you don't yeah. get separation and you can't win contested catches, mm-hmm. then. But yeah. I haven't watched much film on him, and I have to. No, I can good, say bro. I'm definitely guilty of not watching a lot of Jaguars. Yeah, games. no, that's that's why I was saw, like, I saw so he riveting. did have a couple of breakout games. He had a couple of two touchdown games. I guess. Yeah. But I know I just wanted like because I know a lot of people haven't seen much on Colin Johnson, so just as my take of seeing him play, okay, like he's yeah. not very good. Okay, fair, yeah. All right, Nathan, yeah, why don't you uh, do the do the same exercise and uh, yeah, talk about where you value these these receivers? Yeah, I it, it's close for me. I still am gonna lean DJ Chark ahead of Lavisca. Um, but I, I do like Chanel in this Urban Meyer offense, um, like. Like if you're looking like to someone that's going to replicate kind of what Curtis Samuel does and he may could do it at a better level, then I think LaVisca is kind of that guy. Uh, and Urban's love those kind of receivers in the past. So I think he is definitely the number two. And then the distant number three for me is Marvin Jones. But if they still are just sticking with those three guys as their main guys next year, I mean, Urban's going to run a lot of three wide receiver sets. So Marvin Jones is going to have value and he's still a, he's still a good receiver. He's just, he's going to be 31 or 32 to start this next season. Um, to me, he's going to be the clear like wide receiver three wide receiver four type guy for that team. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think Mar- Marvin Jones has always been a chronically undervalued guy. I mean, uh, when we were talking about it, he's only had 1000 yard uh, season, uh, but he does, he's always gotten a lot of targets. He's always somewhere around 80 uh, receptions. So you know, it's, he's definitely a, a high catch guy, good in PPR. Um, I still am going to put both of these guys over him. I mean, certainly in dynasty because of age, but I, I do see, you know, him taking a good deal of targets that maybe, maybe I think DJ Chark is who's hit, hurt most by this. Cause I do agree that LaVisca is going to carve out his own kind of unique role in the offense. Um, but yeah. I just I think I could have had DJ Chark in my top 24 receivers and maybe I will bump them outside of it a little bit now. Um, I know that Lawrence is coming and there's a lot of hype. Oh, Chark's going to be his, his number one receiver. So I might be a little like off of them compared to most. But uh, yeah, I, it's not that I think Marvin Jones is going to be better than these guys. I just think they're, they're all going to be very close to each other honestly production wise i think and i think Mm -hmm. marvin jones is going to fall so late that you can get a similar production um and maybe not as big of a drop off as a lot of other people will see um so yeah marvin jones definitely the draft value out of these guys but um so i have a question with lavisca so he had 18 rushes last year for 91 yards which is the 
decent rate, but I mean, how much, how much do you guys see that going up? I mean, you mentioned him cutting into James Robinson's workload. I mean, um, you know, 18 rushes is about one per game. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you go see that going drastically, drastically up, or do you see it being one or two plays per game? Uh, I can see like three or four receiver rushes a game, or maybe not rushes, but like him like being in the backfield for maybe a passing play too. Like I think yeah, probably, and he might get about three or four. So like I see them doing it maybe about five times a game, and him getting about three touches out of it. Okay, I see that, and that's kind of what it was in this past year where they used him a little bit more in like screen passes and passes within like five yards of the line of scrimmage or even behind it. Um, they really liked using him in that role. So I think those might turn into a couple more handoffs. Uh, and I just think he's going to get more touches in general. But, yeah, I mean, for the year total, I think he's probably going to be getting, like, you know, depending on the game, if it's not working, that he's not going to, you know, force it, I don't think. But I think he's probably going to get, like, two, three rushes a game. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and if it's working, you could have him getting five or eight. But uh, it's, I think it's going to be like plenty of those. It's going to be more of those like short passes, passes close to the line of scrimmage, which, which in PPR leagues is even better. So, right. um, yeah, okay. that's yeah. kind of where I see him vulturing more of the touches. Right. Yeah, no, I I, uh, I think I agree with that. Yeah, I just wasn't sure. You know, I, I don't think he's going to be, you know, lining up going between the tack. I don't think he's going to be the second back by any means. I mean, I think that'll be Carlos Hyde's role. And yeah, maybe two plays a game, maybe three. He might get a rush, but yeah, I think it'll be a lot of trick plays, sweeps around the edge, and yeah, you know that little touch pass they do that counts as a pass, but is really a yeah. rush, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. Right, I could see stuff like that. Um, so yeah, that's kind of kind of where I'm at. I, I I um I just wanted to see where you guys were that and were were with that, but um yeah, they they as far as tight end, um they had a guy named Josh Oliver who went to the Ravens. Uh, I don't think they have anybody. Do they have any, Did they sign anybody? Do we know anything? Yeah, they saw James O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Moving on. <laughs> they, yeah. yeah so, they'll be drafting a tight end. Yeah. Yeah. They got to got to figure something out yeah. there. But they obviously they're not going to be able to get pits. But uh, yeah, maybe Brevin Jordan or um, Pratt, Pat Fryermuth, uh, who or, I have. Or what day. if they traded back into the top ten and get Kyle Pitts? <laughs> Mike just really wants Kyle Pitts. Yeah, he does. I mean, uh, hey, that yeah. would be that would be that would be. <laughs> but I mean, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. I don't think there's much to say about the typing position as it currently stands. So, um, but yeah, with that, uh, we we talked about most of the team needs. I mean, obviously, Trevor Lawrence, number one. Uh, they do have another first round pick. Um, they'll probably do something on the defense or maybe offensive line there. Um, anything to add to that, guys? Yeah, I mean, they, they tagged Cam Robinson. It'll be interested to see if they sign him to a long-term deal. Um, but, yeah, first overall, then the 25th overall pick, two seconds. Uh, they, they got a bunch to work with here. So, uh, yeah, aside from Lawrence being the obvious first choice, uh, they need, like, an offensive guard. They need a tight end, like we just mentioned. Uh, D tackle, nose tackle. I really think that with that 25th overall pick, oh. I've seen a lot of mocks with Christian Barmore um to the number 25 overall pick he's kind of popular in that late first area is he a left or right tackle no uh he's a d tackle oh a d tackle that's yeah, right. from alabama um but yeah he's he's big like six five 320 pound guy would be good for them but they need a corner 
Um, and I could see them drafting a wide receiver, just not super early, I don't think. But if Urban, you know, who knows with him, he may see a guy and he may fall to 25 and, you know, he may have his CD lamb fall in his lap. So who knows? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. I think with that, we'll move on to the final team. In this oh, 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 oh no. sorry. Go ahead, Micah. Sorry, man. Well, here's the thing, Nathan. You were talking about them targeting a D tackle in the first, but they did sign like three D tackles in free agency. So Ooh. I feel like they might have been because they traded for the dude from the Saints. I can't think of his name. Oh, Sheldon um, Rankins? No, he went to the Jets. Oh. Oh, they sound okay. like a few like, yeah, depth guys. And then um, they brought in, you know, Shaquille Griffin. Um, yeah. play corner opposite of CJ Henderson. Yeah, so I honestly kind of feel like they're just going to go best player available. I mean, when you have all these picks, you might as well just take the best talent that you can and just forget fit because you're getting so many guys, you're going to fill in holes. So I hope that's the the thought process they're going to have in there. But I mean, they're going to start off the drive with Trevor Lawrence. So you want to draft there. All these other picks are just gravy. Thanks for adding that, Micah. And now, with that, we will move on to the fourth team here, which is uh, Tennessee the Tennessee Titans. Yes. And uh, just say off the bat, I think this is a team that's going to take a step back next year. Uh, mm-hmm. they, they lost a lot. They really did. They lost a lot this free agency. And um, they obviously lost their uh, offensive coordinator to a team called the yeah. Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Um, but – yeah, um, I do think – I mean, we all like Tannehill, certainly, but I think um, Nathan has always shown a reliance on Tannehill. He's drafted a lot of them. And uh, why don't you uh, give your outlook on Tannehill next year? Are you going to be as on him as you have been in years past, or are you kind of worried about it? Um, where are you at with Tannehill? Uh, I really feel like I've only had Tannehill in, like, one redraft year and then in our in one of our dynasty leagues. But Okay, uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe not. Mean, yeah, Tannehill uh, was awesome for me last year. I mean, he was my QB2, and Patrick Mahomes was my QB1. So right, right, right. Uh, it was a sweet situation. I-, I could see him taking a step back next- this year. Um, but honestly, like, they still have a very good offensive line. They still have Derrick Henry. And what he succeeds really well at is the play-action game. And that is not going anywhere. The head coach hasn't changed. I think they're going to be running the same type of offense they were. So, um, yeah, they they might not be the 11-5 and five team they were uh, this past year, and he, he might not be quite as good. Because what where did he finish this year? I mean, it had to be close to, like, late QB1 territory. Um, uh, it, it was. He finished inside of QB1s. I, I believe it was 11 or 12, but uh, I can look yeah. that up for you while you're, while you're talking. Um, but, yeah, so – boy, and also, like, an underrated part of his game is he's had 11 rushing touchdowns in the past two years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of that's because they are – they're run heavy and they get close, close to the goal line. Everyone thinks Derrick Henry's getting the ball, and so they just give it to Tannehill to keep defenses on their toes. Shows you the uh, genius of Arthur Smith. Exactly. Uh, mm-hmm. we, we hope so, for sure. Um, Please. So, yeah, I, I could see him taking a dip this next year, but uh, to me, he's still going to be a, a very solid QB2 for sure. Hey, so he finished quarterback eight um, in our uh, PPR four-point four, uh, passing touchdown league. Uh, league, uh, And that was a lot higher than I thought he did, so that's pretty surprising to me. I definitely think he – I don't think he's going to finish quite that high at all. But, uh, yeah, I think, you know, low-end quarterback one, high-end quarterback two still could be within his range. Um, I think in my rankings, I have my top 20 ranked at quarterback at least. And uh, 
he's at 14 right now for me. So um, he's one of these few guys who's he's not he's getting up there in age, but he's not super old. And you don't have to worry about his starting job for the next three, four, even five years. So mm-hmm. uh, he's, he's pretty safe in that regard, I feel. Yeah, yeah, I think as long as the coaching staff stays and everything, that that'll certainly be the case. Um, uh, but yeah, no. Um, let me ask you guys: Would you would you rather have? Uh, actually, I'm sorry, Micah, give your take on Tannehill. <laughs> well, here's the thing with him: he has a lot going wrong for him. He's getting over thirty. He just lost his offensive coordinator, who has been the guy that made Tannehill like his resurgence that he's had in Tennessee. Uh, I think losing Corey Davis is going to be a big blow to the offense and losing John O. Smith. And we don't know Derrick Henry when things are going to start, you know, going downhill with him, even though I don't think it's coming up. But you just never really know. And it's like there's a lot of things that don't look good for Tannehill, which could then ultimately mean he just does great again next year because it looks like everything's going to be bad. But everything's pointing towards Tannehill taking a dip and – me being a little concerned with his future, but not like enough where I'm like, stay away from Tannehill. It's just things don't look great for him at the moment. Yeah, no, definitely not a great off season. Um, and for his stock, uh, let me ask you guys this. Would you rather have Baker or Tannehill? Baker. Hmm. Uh, with the age, I'll take Baker. Okay. And uh, the other question I had was Hertz. Would you take the gamble on Hertz being a, a starter? Tannehill there. Tannehill. Okay. Man, I don't know. Hertz had some hell of games last year. Yeah. Um, he, he's a I, yeah I just I like. I'm more certain that Tannehill is going to be a starter in three or four years than I am Hertz being a starter. Yep. So yeah. obviously that's kind of stating the obvious, but I'm, I'm going to go with Tannehill on that. He's yeah, a lot of same style process. I'll say this. If, it, if, if I had a super solid quarterback one, I would be more willing to go Hertz there just for the upside. But if I, especially if I didn't have a quarterback yet, or even if I didn't absolutely love my quarterback one, uh, Tannehill would be the easy choice for me there. But mm-hmm. uh, so, yeah, I think it is situ- situational a little I bit. I think the better we can move on uh, after this, if, if y'all are good, but I think the better comparison Tannehill or the newly crowned Los Angeles Ram Matt Stafford. Oh, for me, that's Stafford Stafford. Yeah. Yeah I, yeah, I think they're right in that same tier, but uh, I, I'm going Stafford, especially with Stafford. him being with McVay. And mm-hmm. that might be our bi- that might be all of our biases talking, but uh, because Stafford obviously was a University of Georgia quarterback, but uh, but yeah, yeah I would I mean, rather I would rather have Stafford. Yeah, and the Rams. And are, I think his offense is be- is is a better offense as well. Yeah, and the Rams are my second favorite team, and I still like view him and Tannehill pretty close. And right. a lot of people have Tannehill higher, but Stafford for me with the Rams. Get, okay. get that to me but yeah 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 no i think that i think they're close for sure it's just mm-hmm. uh yeah for me I, I like stafford a lot better so i take stafford yeah. but uh yeah we'll, we'll move on to uh the, the, the running Derek back henry. uh yeah not the running backs there's one and his name is Derek henry finished uh running back three um bonkers amount of yards over two thousand uh, he had more yards than years that we've been recording in the <laughs> AD period of human history. Um, so 17 touchdowns, uh, only 19 receptions. So, you know, that's not Derrick Henry's game, but man, uh, I think he's one of the hardest dynasty evaluations for me this year. Mm-hmm. He really is. I like where I have him right now feels way too low 
but it, it oh now you gotta spill the beans well i i think i i think um for me he's falling in that range i mentioned i was fading camara i'm still gonna take him a spot or two above camara but for me him and zeke who i'm fading them both or to around like seven or eight i think uh is that too much uh do you guys um but for me yeah i don't know if i'd take henry or zeke just because i mean obviously if i'm trying to win now i would take zeke if I'm trying to win now, I'm taking Henry. But if if you know I'm looking as I do in dynasty leagues forward to the future, I think, yeah. So I don't know. What, what, am I wrong there, guys? Well, I mean, am I too low? What do you What do you guys think there? I don't think what you're saying is quite as crazy as what Micah just said that he would take Zeke over Derrick Henry. I would. What? He has yeah. Zeke like RB three. He said, Bro. "No, it was it's like my top five. I'm having him over all the rookie. We talked about this. Oh my god, yeah, dude. Zeke's about to run it for like another like eight years. Like Zeke's <laughs> gonna be one of those guys who's gonna last in the league for a while. Yo, all right. Before before you prep for this podcast, mm-hmm. did you know who the fuck Derrick Henry's backup running back was? Yeah, Jeremy Nichols. Bullshit. <laughs> Yeah, Jeremy Nichols. <laughs> no, it's Darrington Evans. <laughs> At least for next year. <laughs> Dude, I have Jeremy Nichols in my dynasty team, so he's going to have to be the backup. Brother. Yeah, you also have I'm Zeke in your dynasty Zeke. team, which is why I feel you're giving these crazy takes. I don't have Derrick Henry or Zeke in either, and that just seems nutty to me. I, I mean, just wait for Zeke's comeback. All right, just wait for Zeke's comeback this year. Well, look, well, look I'm fading them both, and I'm saying, for me, that's a difficult decision. I don't think Mike is completely insane for – Liking Zeke more than Henry in Dynasty and redraft, I would say that was insane. They're about the same age. Uh, I think I think Henry might have two years on him. He's at least one in, year uh, older. He's literally one year older. Okay, okay. If that's true, yeah, maybe I would. Everyone knows him. who Tony Pollard is. <laughs> right, right. No, I understand. Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I, I'm not, I'm not as down on Micah for that take. I'm more down on him for where he has Zeke ranked overall. <laughs> but. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, um, you know, I think it's a, it's a difficult choice there. Uh, let me throw one more name at you guys for Henry, uh, because I'm assuming we all want Najee Harris more, but uh, ETN. You taking ETN or are you taking Henry, Nathan? I'm waiting on landing spot. Henry. Henry? Okay. You said you're waiting on landing spot? I'm going to wait on landing spot. Yeah. Yeah, so I think just the way I play Dynasty, and maybe maybe I'm going to miss running back years for this. I think I'm taking ETN there. I think that's just... Uh, I'm, I'm pretty I'm sure I am too, but I do want to wait on landing spot just for like confirmation, yeah. but I'm with you, Josiah. I'm but again, if I have a very win-now squad or if I'm able to get some mm-hmm. younger running backs around Henry, then obviously Henry. Yeah. Um, but anyways, I think that's enough on Henry. Yeah, we mentioned two names as far as backups there. I don't think they're really going to be fa- fantasy relevant yeah. to where you can feel confident starting them either way. Uh, Darrington Evans, I mean, I, was that what you were about to say, Nathan? Well, I, I was going to mention one more side on Henry, but with Darrington Evans, yeah, I think he's going to do – he's going to be a little bit more impactful this next season. Um, but it's still like this is a one running back show um but with henry like each of the each of the five years he's been in the league he has seen an increase in rushing yards per game rushing touchdown and yards per carry every single year so i you know this next year could be the year that that stops uh but i mean the guy is not built like normal running backs so i could see him running like this till he's 30 years old um but we'll, we'll just have to 
wait and see. In a half PPR league in redraft, is he your running back one? No. Because Christian McCaffrey is still the unquestioned mm-hmm. RB one for me. I, I don't even even in half PPR. In half PPR, yeah. If if you're talking okay. no like no PPR, that's that's tougher. But even still, like it's it's easier to get receiving yards than it is to get yeah. rushing yards, like per touch. So you know, McCaffrey can. I think McCaffrey can more easily put up a 200 yard game than Henry can. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it would be close for me, but yeah, in, in any PPR league half or whole, um, give me McCaffrey. Okay. All right. All right. Well, um, with that, we'll move on to the wide receivers here and um, yeah, they lost a lot of their receiving core. I mean, they lost Corey Davis to the jets. We mentioned uh, they lost uh John o. Smith to the, Patriots, which we also mentioned. Um, so that leaves them with, of course, A.J. Brown, who uh, I think is easily one of the top uh, five uh, dynasty wide receivers right now. Um, and especially, you know, going into next season with these other options leaving, it looks like they're really going to have to lean on him. And in the past, he hasn't gotten a lot of receptions. He only got 70 receptions last year. But I think that number is going to rock it up. And if he can do the same thing, with the high passing volume that he gets with the low passing volume, then uh, he's going to yeah, be pushing over 1500 yards. It's going to be crazy. So um, yeah, definitely a guy I'm wanting to target, but outside of that, uh, Anthony Ferkser uh, got re-signed to a one-year deal. Um, he had a good game in his whole career. So that maybe, maybe, maybe he'll be good. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. What do you guys think about this receiving core? I mean, it doesn't look, it looks pretty lackluster outside of AJ Brown. Um, I think but they're going to have to draft somebody, but uh, yeah, Micah, go ahead and uh, give us your take on the receivers here. But AJ Brown's so good. <laughs> he's so good at football yeah, this no. past year is where he really started showing like okay this guy's gonna be like a top receiver in the league going forward it's and like I, go ahead micah well it's just like it just it's crazy to me that him and dk metcalf are on the same team in college it's like how we're looking at jamar chase and justin jefferson odell and jarvis landry like he just is added to that. That's how good like he is the where like him and DK together are going to compare to these top guys like they were because he, people are starting to notice and he's young and he's about to tear things up in Tennessee for a little while. And he's such, he's so good after the catch. Mm-hmm. Like he breaks tackle. Like I, was, I remember watching one play, mm-hmm. I forget which game it was, but I mean, to get into the end zone, he broke through three guys and walked in on his feet. And it's like, yeah, I, that combined with his receiving ability, he's special. Um, mm-hmm. But you're right, Josiah, in that there's really not much. I mean, is Adam Humphreys still on the team? He barely made an impact last he, year. But I, I think he went is. to free agency, um, but he might be. He might be. But yeah, I mean, this this is a team that I would expect has to bring in a wide receiver. Um, I love A.J. Brown, but he can't do it all himself, especially since uh, Johnny Smith is gone now. Um, but since we also kind of threw tight ends there, I will say with Andy, Anthony Ferkshire, if they don't go after a good tight end in what's left of free agency or in the draft, uh, honestly, he filled in well for Jonu Smith. I think he would have uh, had a much bigger fantasy impact if he, you know, if Smith hadn't been there all year because um, he definitely dominated that move tight end receiving tight end role so um if Ferkser is still the tight end one going into next season then i 
I see him being a valuable fantasy option because they don't have many other wide receivers and uh, they don't have any other tight ends to challenge him. So, and they like feeding the tight ends in that pass uh, play action pass uh, offense. So yeah, um, he's definitely a name to keep an eye on for me. Yeah. I'm not sure how I feel about Ferguson. If he is going to be the guy there. I mean, he had one touchdown last year. He did have a game where he had six catches where Johnny wasn't there. Um, and John didn't miss many games last year. Mm-hmm. So he was yeah, dominating. Yeah. So, you know, I agree with you, Nathan. He has a chance, but it's not, it would be a kind of a lottery ticket dart throw kind of move for me more than a, a somebody I would want to depend on um, as my like tight end number two or something like that. But, but uh, you know, he could, it definitely could be a breakout option. I mean, we see guys like um, Dalton Schultz put up production when he steps in and things like that. So, Ferkser could be one of these guys for sure. But uh, with that, yeah, we can. Uh, well, sorry, Micah, did you did you give your take on Ferkser there? I mean, I know you talked about mm, the. I don't trust anyone named Ferkser. Let's move on to their draft. All right, that's fair. Yeah, uh, like we said, they're going to have to bring in a pass catcher here. I would. Uh, I really think. I mean. Um, I mentioned uh, Bateman earlier, and if he's there, they they smash the the button on Bateman. Um, Ooh, but one. but if ba- if Bateman isn't there, I really think Rondell Moore is a great compliment to AJ Brown. Um, Rondell Moore's had some injury uh, problems, and he doesn't really profile as an X receiver, but he is super talented, man. He gets great separation, and he can also do a lot after the catch. So um, yeah, that's somebody that I could kind of see fall into that. I think twenty seven spot that they have. Um, but, um, uh, I've seen Kadarius Tony mocked here a lot. A lot of people are higher on him than I am. Uh, that's, Whoa. you know, you what I said, no, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, not, not that big of a fan. I mean, I, you know, I think he can have a role somewhere, but I'm not oh, absolutely, but not uh, I mean, I, you know, I doesn't give away, doesn't give away much, but like guys like Elijah Moore, um, I think their names should be mentioned more often in that late first, second round role. Right. Right. No, definitely. But yeah, anything to add to their, uh, their, I mean, we, uh, the, their draft needs. I mean, I don't know if they're going to bring in anybody else in free agency, but, uh, yeah. Anything to add guys. Uh, oh, actually there is one thing they're going to have to do. They're going to have to get a new right tackle since they completely wasted a first round pick on one. I don't, know why, I don't know why you're saying they need a new one. It's not like they ever used the one they just <laughs> got rid of. Yeah, got some valuable time for his new role he's gonna have yeah uh isaiah wilson's just a sad story he's also been cut from the miami dolphins uh yeah that's it's just no longer allowed to be associated with the university of georgia in my yeah. mind I mean, yeah just not, we will not recognize him any longer not good not good. all the physical talent and ability in the world he's built like a mammoth but he is apparently a 13 year old boy yeah, and, uh, and the words of Hank Hill, that boy ain't right. Yeah. That boy ain't right. Yeah, his they need to make a thirty for thirty on like his quick descent from first round <laughs> pick to being yeah. out of the league in one year. Right. Uh, it will happen. Yeah, well, uh, uh, but uh, not to hamper on them too much longer. But in the draft, they're really going to have to focus. One, they need the receiver, like we mentioned, but they need to focus on defense. Like they need the the Vic Beasley, Jadavian Clowney experiment has not worked out well. How um, did that not work? They did. Yeah. They did. Uh, they did bring in Buddy, Buddy Free. Free, and that's a that, that's a very good, uh, very very good acquisition for them off yep. the edge. I Absolutely. Think. So it's... he'll be a great edge presence for them. They still need some more help on the defensive line, and they need a corner. Um, so they they've got plenty to build on there. Right. 
Right. All right, guys. Well, with that, we'll wrap up the episode uh, right after we do our divisional rankings here. Um, and uh, with that, I will start with my quarterbacks in the AFC South. Uh, Deshaun Watson, you're still hanging in there at number one. Don't fuck up, buddy. Uh, number <laughs> number two, we got uh, Ryan Tannehill. Number three, Carson Wentz. And I really didn't even want to say the name because I don't want uh, to to get to get Micah too hot and bothered. But uh, Gardner Minshew, I did put at number four there. So, um, but anyways, uh, yeah, Micah, why don't you uh, why don't you give us give us yours? And Gardner Minshew better not be in the top two. <laughs> no, I mean number one is Deshaun. Even with everything that's going on with him, he he's still the number one quarterback for me at the moment. Tannehill's number two. Tannehill is the second guy. He is going to be the starter in Tennessee for three, four years. He he's the guy at the moment. Three, I have Minshew. Four, I have Jacob Eason, and five, I have Carson Wentz. Nathan, what's your order? Jesus Christ! Don't don't skip over those last three. Like you just said something that makes perfect sense. Say that one more time for the rest of the class. You gotta yeah. So <laughs> I mean, you gotta stop ranking with your heart, man. I think that Minshew has a higher ceiling than both Jacob Eason and Carson Wentz. I can okay. Oh, Carson God. Wentz was an MVP of the league. He has a higher ceiling than MVP. <laughs> Dude, oh, but like going forward, gold jacket going man. forward. <laughs> Come on now. All right. Well, that's okay. Uh, Nathan, why don't you give? Don't we will revisit this in one year and we'll see how crazy that ranking sounds. Yes, we will. All right. We damn sure will. I'm <laughs> so reason may prevail here. I'm going to go Watson. And I'm going to cheat a little bit, and I'm going to put Trevor Lawrence number two because you might as well just go ahead and put him in the division. Uh, I mean, I would actually put Trevor Lawrence number one if we were adding Trevor into this. Wow. Wow. So you trade Deshaun Watson for the one I want. And Nathan, you have him. I would. Would you do the same, Nathan? I would. No. Okay. You still take the risk. I'm hey, and now with all this crap going on. Right now, right now at the moment. That answer might change a month from now or a couple right. weeks from now, but like okay, Deshaun this Watson is on a team and he's not in legal trouble. Then Deshaun, Deshaun, Deshaun. right? Okay. I agree, yes. but yeah, but if, we if don't someone, know either of those things. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's tough, honestly. But I feel like I would have to get the one on one and maybe like another pick with it. Yeah, um, yeah. It's, it's fucking Deshaun, man. Yeah. Um, but moving on, so yeah, cheating a little bit, going ahead and putting Lawrence number two, and then Tannehill obviously number three, uh, Wentz number four. I'll put Gardner Minshew five and Jacob Eason uh, will we'll come up in last. But, um, but yeah, I mean, w- one of them, like, Wentz will be starting next year. Gardner Minshew yeah. and This Jacob is dynasty. Will- this is many years into the future as well. Yeah, well, that should show you what I think about that. Okay. Um, so yeah, right. I'm still right. putting Wentz, Wentz ahead of those guys, and I'm not big on Wentz. So, um, but, yeah, so after the – top three there's a drop off for sure yep yep um well for that why don't you we bounce right back to you nathan and you give us your running back rankings well we are going jonathan taylor over king henry uh king henry is obviously number two and then james robinson for me is three yeah well i guess some people may try to say james robinson over king henry but i think that would be cuckoo for cocoa puffs um yeah so i'm going with him and then the texans uh i'll go david johnson and then um philip Lindsay, and then who cares after that 
Oh no, Marlon Mack. Oh yeah, God, I didn't even think about Marlon Mack. <laughs> would you would you uh, do Mack above Lindsay or, or Lindsay? Yes, or Mack? yes, I would. Just on the uh, actually. What about David? What about David Johnson? Mack over Johnson? Yeah, because I put uh, Johnson. Oh yeah, no, no, you're right. Um, honestly, no. I just because of the Achilles injury. If it was an ACL, if it was fucking okay. anything else, but since it's the Achilles, I gotta play on the safe side there. All right. And last question I have about those. Uh, you put Taylor over Henry, and I'm assuming that's in Dynasty. Is the same true in redraft? No. Okay. Didn't think so. All not right. not with the re-signing of Marlon Mack. I mean. Right, right. No, and, and yeah, exactly. And and uh, I would be tempted to maybe in redraft. But uh, yeah, I think for Henry, Henry's going to be either number two or three for me in redraft. So it's, uh, you know, it, there's not going to be many guys above him. But all right, Micah, why don't you give us your uh, running back rankings? Oh, I have Jonathan Taylor at one, and then Derrick Henry at two. But in redraft, I would go Derrick Henry one, Jonathan Taylor two. Okay. In dynasty, it's going to be Jonathan Taylor and Derrick Henry. Jaden Robinson the third, and David Johnson fourth, and Marlon Mack fifth, and Philip Lindsay sixth. So exactly what you had, Nathan. Okay. <laughs> it was a pretty, yeah. I think, standard division. And I have the same thing except for I actually have Marlon Mack at number four above David Johnson. I think um, okay. even if I have to wait a year where I'm going to be drafting those two players, I can kind of afford um, to, 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 to even if David, David Johnson produces more this year, I think in Dynasty, I'm still just going to trust that Marlon Mack can, can end up um, really being the workhorse or, you know, being being a solid back for somebody uh, next season. So I think I might, might take Marlon Mack over David Johnson there in dynasty, um, but not in redraft. So um, other than that, yeah, same rankings, Jonathan Taylor, David, uh, Derek Henry, um, James Robinson, you know, you, you mentioned in dynasty, I did consider maybe if I would take James Robinson over Henry, but I'm not willing to go that far. There are some of these rookie running backs I would do that with, but I think, James Robinson is the line uh, where when I have Robinson uh, ranked over even JK Dobbins, but, um, but yeah, I, I would, I wouldn't, I uh, wouldn't take him. I would take Henry over both of them, but uh, anyways, uh, move on to the wide receiver rankings and Micah, why don't you start out and give us your wide receivers in this division? Oh, well, AJ Brown, clear cut number one receiver in this division. And then I think I'm going to have LaVisca coming in at number two and right behind him is DJ Chark. And then fourth is going to be Michael Pittman. And then fifth is going to be Brandon Cooks. He always, like, I want to put Marvin Jones ahead of Brandon Cooks. I really do. But I'm going to put Brandon Cooks at number five and then Marvin Jones at six. Yeah, I mean, I think that's, you know, Marvin Jones had one 1,000-yard year and Brandon Cooks has done it every year that he's been healthy, <laughs> so... Yeah, uh, but that being said, hey, if Tyrod Taylor's throwing the ball, then you might be right. I might rather, uh, might rather have Marvin Jones. But uh, uh, go ahead, Nathan, and uh, give us yours. Yeah, uh, AJ Brown, uh, clear cut at the top, then dip. Uh, I'm still going DJ Chark uh, and then Chenault, but they're really close. Um, I'll go Michael Pittman Jr. and then Brandon Cooks. But, uh, I mean, if I was going to win now strategy, I think Cooks will probably have the better season next year. So, um, he doesn't have a whole lot of competition. So, uh, that's actually closer to, with me than uh, it, it seemed like it was with y'all. Yeah. Yeah, I got a little bit different there for me. Um, for me, I got AJ Brown one, of course. Uh, DJ Chark, I have number two. Uh, but it was really close. My number three, I actually have Pittman. Um, 
I like Pittman, guys. Uh, he's going to be the number one option, and uh, well, unless they bring in a guy uh, that usurps him. But either way, he's going to be the one A or one B. And um, yeah, you know, I think I think I think he's going to be a good guy to have. I think he's a good receiver. But yeah, I have him three, and then I have Lavisca four, um, and I have Cooks five. But I think I would actually cook, take Cooks above Lavisca and maybe Pittman as well if it was a win now. Or or in re in redraft. No, no, no. If it was win now or if it's a redraft. Mm. Okay. Um, yeah. Um yeah, so Cooks Cooks would jump higher, but I think AJ Brown, DJ Chark are kind of locked into the one and two spots regardless of the format for me there. So um yeah, you know, I'm you guys are really big on LaVisca. I don't feel like I'm off of him at all. I just uh I I feel like I'm not there's something I'm missing here. I just I don't. It'll get filled in this upcoming season. I don't know if I think he has wide receiver one upside. I guess is where where I have a hang up. So you know, guys like Pittman, I kind of do see a path to that, but uh, maybe not top twelve. But like you know, the the wide receiver one on his team, and I just, mm. just don't know that Chanel will ever be the 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 wide receiver one on his team. But maybe I'm too low. I mean, I, I like him, I, and I'll draft him, and I'll take him. But I I. I don't know. There's something I'm missing about LaVisca. A combo know. of you being too low on LaVisca and too high on Michael Pitt. That's all it is. That might be it. That <laughs> might be it. But, uh, but yeah, with that, uh, we'll all give our division winners here. And uh, We're I just going to skip over the tight ends? Oh, shit. There are yeah. tight ends. I only okay, have one go. ranked, and that's Mo Alley Cots. I don't care about anybody else, but Mo Alley Cots. <laughs> yeah, there's not a very deep Top. tight end division. I mean, Nathan, it's did bad. you do the tight end? Did you do the tight end rankings? I actually totally forgot. <laughs> Give me two seconds. I'll do them right now. Oh man, Dude, they're fine. just so bad. They're so bad. How this okay, division and, is. And the reason I'm got to look at my rankings, but I'm pretty sure. I'm gonna go with Anthony Ferkser over Mo Alley Cox. And Jordan Akins? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm, I'll go with Ferkser over over those guys. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I think I'm gonna take Mo Ali Cox uh, as well first, and then um, then I'll then I'll take Ferkser, and then I'll take Akins, and then I'll take O'Shaughnessy, and then a bag <laughs> of dirt. Um, Right. Yeah, tight ends are not the yeah, especially with John U leaving. The tight ends are just crap. Yeah, that was that was a that was a depressing exercise. Mike is like, that's why the Jaguars are going to trade up and get Kyle Pitts. Yes, sir, yeah. free podcast. Well, uh, well, all right. Uh, for the last thing for this episode, guys, uh, let's all give our division winners. Uh, Mike, I'll start with you. Who's winning the division? You already know it's going to be the Jaguars. They're going to have one of the best turnarounds in NFL history. They're winning this division, and okay. I think that I think the Colts are going to come in as a like close second. But I think this is the Jaguars' division to lose, even after <laughs> only having one seat, one win last season. All right, uh, Nathan, uh, can you give us some more uh, unbiased and clear perspective? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll revisit uh, this next year when the Jaguars win the division. It, yeah. It's not impossible. I'll say that much. Nothing's impossible, but I, yeah, I mean, I'm going with, it's actually tough for me between the Titans and the Colts, honestly, but I'm going to go with the Titans. Oh, really? I'm going with the Titans, but 
Oh, God. The Colts, the Colts just, they need a few more pieces for me to be like, they have nobody at wide receiver even close to A.J. Brown. And oh, you could argue, like, especially right now, like Henry and their running back core, it's similar. Like, they like to run the ball. So, yeah, I mean, give me – and I just think Tannehill's way better than Wentz. So, give me the Titans, and I'll okay. take the Colts second, and then I'll take Jaguars number three. And then the Texans are just going to be a dumpster fire this next yeah, year. So. Not a chance. I'm sorry for the fans, or those of you that still are fans. <laughs> well, uh, this is our this is our very last divisional episode, and this is the first time we've had it happen where we all pick a different divisional winner, and I like this a lot. Oh. So I think we should keep track of this going forward uh, and remember these picks. But I'm going with Indy. So uh, so we got we got one pick for Indy, one pick for Tennessee, and one pick for the Jags. So. I think that's the first time we've all had a different pick for the division winner there. So uh, I, I, I'm glad we could end on that note. And uh, yeah, guys, with that, um, we've completed every team in the NFL. We've covered every player every that fucking got you a fantasy point last year. So our, you know, Javon Wims. I mean, what, yeah. what deeper <laughs> analysis can you ask for? We did it all for you. So, you know, um, go back and listen to, uh, the past eight, uh, seven episodes along with this one. And, uh, if you have That's a player crazy. you want to hear about, want to hear one of our takes, um, yeah, you, you got all the players there for you. Um, with our next episode, uh, we are going to be moving on to our 2021 rookie rankings before the draft. And yes. we're really, really excited. Mm. We've been like, I mean, don't get me wrong. We've enjoyed all these podcasts, but we've been like trying to power through just ready to, to give you guys this action. Yeah, I mean, pro days and people running 40s and testing, and it, it's draft season, and, you know, right. we're, we're ready to talk the draft, and I'm right. sure listeners are ready to hear about it. We're about a month outside of uh, the actual NFL draft, a little bit more, maybe five weeks, mm-hmm. and yeah, yeah. We're, we're over the next five weeks, we're going to be covering that. We're going to get into each of our positional rankings, as well as a, um, a rookie mock draft um, uh, from a dynasty perspective, not not NFL. We aren't going to be drafting defensive players and all that. Just, just, uh, you know, doing a mock draft with the, with the, uh, fantasy positions and, uh, seeing where that falls for us. So be sure to look out for that over the next couple episodes. Um, guys, y'all got anything to add, uh, before we, before we head out today. I just want everyone to know that the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to be the team that everyone will hate going forward. And I'm all for it. All right, we'll keep our we'll keep our, our our tabs on that for sure, for sure, Micah. Um, but uh, yeah, guys, uh, as always, you know that person of- that's like screaming about like how many haters they have, and really no one pays any attention <laughs> to them because they're not that important. <laughs> right. That, <laughs> that's going to be the Urban Meyer Jaguars. Uh, yeah. But uh, I like that we're going to be keeping track of this all next year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, it'll be interesting. And man, I will say. I'm not looking forward to the gloating Micah will do if the Jaguars are good next year. So, uh, Hey, we're switching to teals, our primary Jersey colors. So y'all need to watch out. We're going to be in style. Those are pretty cool. I'll give you that. Yeah. And also it's kind of a win-win because if they're doing good all of next year, it means Gardner Minshew didn't play a snap. So we, you know, it's a win-win for us, Josiah. Right. No, for sure. For sure. But we're we're doing on for our rookie rankings. Uh, Micah does not like my barbs. Um, for rookie <laughs> rankings, we're doing quarterbacks for the first episode, right? Right, right. Nope. Yep. Oh man. Yep. So, um, so yeah, we'll be getting into that. Um, arguments. I'm ready. 
I'm ready and prepared. I've been watching all my tape and uh, there's a couple of the later guys. I probably still need to watch a little bit more on, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm ready for this episode. So um, yeah, uh, be on the lookout for that uh, guys. We appreciate you listening this far. And uh, with that, this is Josiah for Nathan and Micah fantasy dogs out. 